Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. to the Technical Foul Podcast. I am your host, Manny Fresh, joined by my co-host, Judd. What up? Yo, what's good? What's good, everybody? Shit, man. Chilling. Another day, another dollar, sadly. Getting enjoyed. Another, another fucking Monday, man. Another Monday. Even though I was off today, it still feels like a fucking Monday. Dog, you got two full-time jobs going on right now. Three, really, if you count your real jobs. Yeah, three. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. I feel bad even saying that I'm tired talking to you right now. <laughs> hey man, it's all good, man. It's all good, man. It's part of it's part of being an adult, man. It's all part of uh, it's all part of being an adult, man. It's it's the life we HBO, live. HBO HBO been keeping a nigga up on Sundays, man. Like they got straight heat. You got Thrones followed by Ballers followed by Insecure. Yeah, like, I've just gotten into Insecures. Uh, I've just gotten into yeah. Insecure. I'm still a little behind on ballers, and then you know you already know my feelings on Game of Thrones. I ain't really watched it. I'm yet, telling but. you, I'm telling you, gotta watch the shit. I, I, I you, man, you, you, you will like. I, I'm telling you, I, I swear you will like it. I will not steer you wrong. I know you won't steer me wrong, man. I just, I, you know, I don't know, man. I got so much shit going on. It's hard for me to pick up a show like. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to pick that up too. But the, it's it's crazy. Like it takes you a good like couple episodes to like get acclimated because they just literally drop you into the world of what's going on I feel you man i just i don't know i just with the schedule i have right now man it's kind of hard to pick up a, yeah, a, a show like yeah it's definitely like i said man it's tough like when things like slow down a little bit for you like next year um <laughs> you can pick it up because it's one of those shows that you can watch like it, it really is like i don't use this word a lot but it really is timeless like yeah. It's like one of those shows that you can kind of go back and watch and you're just like, damn, like I missed this because like you know what happens, but you go back and you see like all of the like um the allusion to what's going on and you know the uh the prefacing and things like that. It's very like 
Breaking Bad, like where they show all these things that are going to happen before you even know what's going to happen, and then you go back and you're like, oh shit, it's kind of one of those things. But it's oh, tough. Okay. To get, it's tough to get into if you have a lot of shit going on because it's a difficult story, kind of to to get uh, mm-hmm. acclimated to, and then also once you get hooked on it, you're going to want to try and binge watch the shit out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I feel you, man. I mean, like I said, I, I if. And it's not even so much I have so much shit going on, but it's like I got so many shows I'm watching too at the same time. It's just like, golly, man, it's a lot of it's a lot of fucking time I got to set apart to just to do watch all these shows. Not even I'm talking about network shows, Netflix shows. I mean, golly, it's just so much, man. Well, I should I, we shouldn't be complaining that there's too many good shows to watch on TV. That's that's yeah, a crazy that's part. True. We're, we're in a very lucky era of television where we have we literally have too much stuff to watch on TV. Not to mention your 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 teams that you watch on a regular basis if you live and die with a certain team like me. Even Go. though my fucking team sucks, and I'll get to them in a second. Um, you know, I'm I'm watching Mets games every night. So like that on top of just watching regular TV shows. Even though the summertime, the summertime is the time I would usually like pick up new shows. Like I said, I picked up Insecure. Um, all, only I'm yeah. only a season behind on that. It's only like what eight or nine episodes anyway, so it's not like it's a yeah, long. Yeah, thirty minutes. Too yeah, exactly. So that's an easy that's an easy thing to kind of dive into. But Game of Thrones, that's already been what like four or five seasons already in this shit. So uh, six, I think. Yeah, exactly six. So I'm like six, five seasons behind just to get caught up. So yeah, yeah. it's gonna take me. It's, it's gonna take. I'm. Gonna, you know what I usually do? I usually do it like on a random weekend. My bad. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, like, after the show is done, like, run back and watch it, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, then you'll get the hype, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Like, because at this, at this rate, that's probably, like, the, the the pace that you're on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I feel you completely. Um, yeah, but hey, man, today was a good day, though. It was a good day. Um, got to chill with my baby girls. Um, you know, ran some errands around, ran some errands around the house and, and, and shit like that. But, but it was an excrete and, and it's a trade deadline. We'll get to that. But it was an especially a great day. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sitting in the whip, you know, pulling up to the driveway you know, I get a little alert on my fucking phone and it was a good day. Cause Anthony Scaramucci, Mooch, whatever the fuck you want to call that gay ass nigga, uh, Anthony Scaramucci. Is out as White House Com Director. Like, I, I immediately got happy. Like, I immediately got excited. Like, I was just like, "Yo, this is a great day in the history of all days." I mean, even though it's a Monday, it still sucks, but it's a good day because this motherfucker is out of a job. And anytime a person like this is out of a job, anytime that you get to prove even more that Donald Trump is a fucking nutbag and he doesn't know what he's doing, and his whole administration is a fucking disaster. It's a good day. Do so, you can you can you do, do you share my enthusiasm? Do you share my enthusiasm? Like, I think Scaramucci had to take the biggest L of this year so far. Like, you know, besides like you know, besides Rob Kardashian, besides um, I can't think of outside of Rob Kardashian, I can't think of nobody else. Well, yeah, besides well, no, I ain't gonna say liberal America. I'm gonna say Hillary Clinton and the Clinton family. Um, besides, all right, besides the Clintons, besides the Falcons. Besides um, Rob Kardashian, besides LeBron, the biggest L of this year is Anthony Scaramucci. Because this motherfucker talks so much shit. So much cash shit. talking so spicy. So spicy, dude. And then, like, a week? Not even, how, how long did he have the job? Like, a week? Dog, it's, I don't... 
put it like this. I don't think my man's had a job long enough for his direct deposit to take effect. Yeah, that's true, nigga. Like, this nigga hasn't even like, been at the IT, job. IT probably didn't even send this nigga's email up yet. He does not have his user account set up yet. Like, I'm I'm convinced. Now, I, bet you, I bet you he got his username set up, but this nigga still got the generic password one joint. Yeah, he got the password one joint. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and it's the, it's the crazy thing. Like, yo, this man talks so much shit. Sean Spicer quit. Uh, Ryan's previous was made to fucking quit. And, you know, all this nigga was doing is talking cash shit. I'm exposed to leakers and all this other shit. And then, boop, boop, this nigga's out. Like, Boy, word. Yeah. That's how we doing it right now? Man, this shit is like a reality. My, my man got out of there like he was stealing boxes. Dog, that, speaking of worst L's ever of 2017, and we'll get, we'll get, to, we'll get to DC in a second, but, um, <laughs> but uh, dog, how you lose your girl, your wife, your woman, your girl... And get fired in the same calendar week, dog. Like, how does that happen? Um, I don't know, it's karma. That's what the fuck he gets. Because not eight months ago, ten months ago, he was all up on Fox News Financial or whatever, talking all kinds of shit about Trump and his financial policies and just talking out of his ass like he, like we've seen him do. You know what I'm saying? Only for him to come in and kiss Donald Trump's ass and you know what I'm saying like all of this like major just like sucking dick only for him just yo I seen that alert pop up um from the Apple News joint you know how like yeah yeah you get on your phone yeah the push notification I was sitting at my desk dog I ain't even laugh I hit that simple like ha (laughs) ha (laughs) ha like one of those like just one just like a half a Nelson from the Simpsons like not the full like ha ha but just like a ha yeah. yeah. Like, gotcha, bitch. Like, <laughs> like there she go. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, I just, Oh, like, man. It's, 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 fuck that nigga, yo. Like, I yeah, just, fuck I don't that have dude, any man. patience for, fuck like, that these, dude. these politician dudes, like, he had no experience doing anything. Like, damn near everybody else. And He's a hedge fund manager. He's a hedge fund guy. He's they, a Wall Street they, guy. They literally hired fucking Bobby Axelrod. I don't know if you ever watched Billions. Yeah, I've watched Billions. Show, by the way. Yeah. They hired Bobby Axelrod. I never thought I'd see the day. Like, damn. They hired some of these boiler room cats to just fucking. Sean Spicer to still have a job. Out of pure entertainment, Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer should still have a job. Just to see him squirm and sweat and wear tight ass suits that don't fit him. Like, I I think that Sean Spicer should. In his defense, though, he did his job for the most part. He's a dickhead. I'll give him that. But at least he did his job, and he. He did know what he was doing. He was just a he was just a dickhead, but he knew what he was doing. So I can Well if he did his job by 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 lying, then yeah, he did his job then I, I guess. Know, but I'm saying I'm saying though, but just diverting attention and things like that. That's that's something that's what that, the, yeah, not that's defending what... the dude because I hate him, because if I saw him on the street I'd probably square up with him. But what I'm saying is like he he did what he's supposed to do, you know what I'm saying? Like he at least had a background. And he somewhat knew what he's supposed to do, handling the press and things like that. This dude came in there. Yeah, well, he was, he was, he was, he he handled, he he handled, he handled, uh, press, 
he was a communications director for the RNC, so he had experience in the position. He's just he just sold out to Trump like most other motherfuckers, and just become be instead of being a straight man, a guy that you can trust, he became a fucking a, a liar, a puppet, and he got what the fuck he yeah. deserved, in my opinion. And Ryan's previous I mean, still has the one of the worst names, and still has one of the worst names in the history of the world. Ryan's previous. I mean, that shit sounds like a fucking terrible just, name. Yeah, terrible fucking name. I don't know what the fuck his parents was thinking, but. Ryan's previous got fu- the fuck out of there, and they got his ass out. I, I mean, I, I don't feel so. I don't feel sorry for none of those motherfuckers. And yeah, now you, they, now they, you, they both, yo, dog, they they made their bed, and they got sleep in the shit. Yep. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow, niggas. So yeah, they 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 good. But I just want I just wanted to shout out Anthony the Mooch Scaramucci. Fuck mooch. you. Don't let that. The good riddance. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. You fucking pogue. You fucking bitch. Get the fuck out of here. You dumbass nigga. Gay ass dude. Make yeah, and, and that's that's another thing. That's why I'm emotional about this shit. These motherfuckers give New Yorkers a bad name. I feel like Michael Rappaport, yo. When I just when I when I, I feel like making a fucking video just like that. Like yo, don't, don't fucking claim New York, dog. Don't claim NYC. Don't claim my city. Don't claim nothing in the greater tri-state area, nigga. Don't none of that. None of that. Cause you motherfuckers is making us look bad. That's my. That's the end of my rant, man. But another nigga that got an L this weekend. Another dude that caught a serious L this weekend. Was DC. Man. Dog. And I'm not even talking about the fight itself. I'm talking about the post-interview, my nigga. Post-fight interview. Low-key. They did him so... They did do him dirty, though. Joe Rogan's a fucking idiot for that. Like, why would you interview this dude knowing that he possibly... Not possibly shit. He gotta have a fucking concussion after that point. At that point. At least even a minor one. Those producers should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. But, but, but... But it's not surprising. Like, I had to do that game start telling me today. And I was like, yo. Um, they, they was talking about that shit. And I was like, yo. But but does it surprise y'all? Like, this is media 101. Everybody wants to hear from the loser. Nobody wants to hear from the winner. Because the winner's going to say the, the same generic shit. Thank God. I trained well. I did this. I did that. Blah, 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 blah. Redemption. Blah, 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 blah. No, the, 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 the loser always has the best sound bite. So... That's what they're going to go for regardless. Then it matter if this... I mean, this nigga could have been on the side of the road shot dead in the street. And they would have fucking tried to find a way to fucking interview him. DC, how do you feel? You just got two gunshots to the back of your neck. How do you feel? You know what I'm saying? So, I need blood. Uh, yeah, right? I, thought, I need blood. I, thought, I need air. I thought, like... I mean, like, kind of just to, to piggyback off that. Like, number one, he shouldn't have been in a position to get that fucked up anyway. I thought the ref took way too long to stop the fight. Like, I get it. He's the interim champ. It's a championship fight. You referees tend to... And this only exists in MMA, where the referees give certain fighters the benefit of the doubt based off of their chin, mm-hmm. or their history, or their stamina, whatever, what have you, what have you, mm-hmm. what have you, to see if they will, quote-unquote, rebound. Right. Um, Herb Dean does that shit all the time. And Herb Dean is, like, notorious for either letting a fight go on too long or stopping a fight too early. But... And I forget who ref this fight. I think it was Big John McCarthy. Um... John Jones landed like four elbows, like he and a headbutt, and a headbutt. Beast, like when when DC was down against the cage, like after the kick, and then after he hit him with that like flying knee to the midsection that like really knocked him down. Mm -hmm. He got hit with two pretty big elbows before uh, the ref even got down, like to look more closely. And I thought, me personally, if I was wrecking the fight, and I know you don't want to send the champ in, in a championship fight out there like that. But you got to look after for these guys' safety, number one, first and foremost. And, and I think he let that go on for a little bit too long. So that's why your man got up and was fucking 
didn't know who, what, where, why, or how. Like, they said they had to tell him where he was at. Like, yeah. he didn't know the fight was over. Um, listen, I understand CTE is a serious thing. I understand concussions are a serious thing, but that still don't excuse that damn cryface. Oh my god, that cryface was just that is no, yo, that, that shit might have replaced the crying Jordan, dog. Nah, nothing was top the, the crying Jordan. The, I, this, this is the closest thing. It, it may not top it, but this is this is definitely the closest thing we've we've it's we've had. It's And it's iconic, yes. But 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 this shit right here, nigga. This so good. It's it's so perfect, and it's so perfect. It perfectly encapsulates the mo a, a, a terrible moment. So it just like I don't know. Man, it's just beautiful. My man had his lip poked out. Put lip everything. poked out and everything. Like- Yo, son, my son doesn't even cry like that, and he's two. You don't even cry like that. So yeah, it's crazy, man. You know what though? You brought up a good point about like them. You know, interviewing the winners and losers and so on. I actually, I thought that John Jones, his quote unquote victory speech, I thought that he did a really good job of kind of burying the hatchet between them two and telling everybody how much he respects Dan Cormier and how he respects him, like as a person, as a father. Like, I really thought that that was like such a dope thing that he did. And I think that it was like it was genuine because. If it hadn't been for this fight, I think John Jones would still be fucking up and taking things, you know, too lightly. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. I think that that really came from a place of, of um, you know, being genuine and, and really saying something heartfelt. Because you, you get, you know, the canned responses, like you said. Uh, but I thought that he really took it uh, to another level. Well, I can't. Um, st- I still can't stand... Uh... You know, John Jones, but that's besides the point. I mean, I agree with you. He was classy. He's, well, he kind of fucked it up for me. Is, he kind of fucked it up for me. Then at the end, though, he calls out Brock Lesnar like, dude, Brock Lesnar's about so to beat stupid. your ass. I don't even want to talk about that shit. It's so yeah. stupid. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stupid. But, I mean, like, this, this, John Jones is, is climbing up the ladder to being the GOAT. So, like, as, as much as you don't hate, as much as people may hate him, Oh, I know he's a great fighter. I, I absolutely agree he's a great fighter. I, I'm, not, I'm not stupid enough to... It's the LeBron James argument. Everybody understands that he's a great fighter. I just... I think he's just a dickhead. I think he's an idiot. I think he's hurt himself tremendously by just yeah, being a fuck-up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's a he's a knucklehead. Um, he wasted two years of his prime. You know exactly. But maybe... Maybe... You know what, though? Maybe... I, I was thinking about it today. Like, Do you think he's the greatest great ever? Or are you, I know you said no, he's climbing up. I don't. I think I think the greatest ever is Anderson Silva. Okay. A longer a longer track of a longer track of dominance. Some people will say Fedor, and I'll be like, "Uh, see, I disagree, but I see where you're coming from. You say Fedor is a goat. Um, Anderson Silva's run. Yeah. Like I mean, his his pay per view his title defenses, his run of just dominance. Exactly. That 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 that's that's gonna be hard to top. And the competition that Anderson Silva faced too, like at a time where UFC was at its peak. Yeah, but I think overall his his competition was pretty great, and it was it would and and you you can make the case that it was arguably at UFC's peak. You can make that case that it was arguably at the peak of UFC, not just that division, but the entire sport in general. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would also throw in their GSP. I would also throw in their GSP. You know, I'm I'm a GSP fan, so I, I would also I would also throw GSP into the discussion. Uh, Chuck Liddell and his prime in the discussion. I think he's a tier below. Um, I mean, you could say that. You could say that. I think that's arguable. I think that 
his career really took a turn um, after was it Matt Sarah like gave him the hands. Yeah. Um, and then he became like a lay and pray fighter, and I just I hate that, and I'll never deny GSP's ability. He's a phenomenal wrestler, one of the best I've seen. One of the George Rush St. Pierre, his ground and pound, and just his strength was so dope to watch. He was so explosive, and then I think I think his career probably would have lasted longer. And I know he, he caught like a really nasty knee injury, but he was in limbo for a little while. I think he should have moved up a weight class because he was already a heavier guy cutting down. Um, I think, but he was kind of he's short also, so he, he's yeah. kind of one of those tweener guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I still wouldn't knock somebody. I wouldn't say like if you if you and I were like we're discussing now, you said oh, I think GSP is up there as the goat. I wouldn't be like get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm like, well, yeah, I can see where you say that. I would, like I said, I would disagree. I'd say he's a tier below. But if somebody said that, I wouldn't like, you know, like, nah, get the fuck out of here. What the fuck you talk about? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's a very subjective argument, and and it's hard because UFC is such a a young sport in its infancy still. I mean, you know that it's hard to kind of say. It's not like in baseball, like when somebody wants to say, like, "Oh yeah, I think Mike Trout's the greatest baseball player ever." Like, ah, uh, okay, I don't got know about that. Years here. Yeah, got yeah, exactly. Um, you know, UFC is relatively UFC young by comparison, is, so UFC at its peak is not even twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just think just of, barely, just barely, maybe. Yeah, maybe. early ninety, early nineties. So yeah, that's what twenty something years. Yeah, barely. Yeah, not, yeah if you barely, were, and then it, it kind of evolved. And yeah, it evolved. Sport than a circus event, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where you have guys like Tito Ortiz, you have Chuck Liddell. I'd say the modern around. UFC in like the last 15 years, maybe that's that's where I kind of go back to UFC as kind that's, of its, yeah, that's its modernization. Fifth, you know, 15 like years. Early, like probably around the time 10, 15 years. Early 2000, early to early to mid 2000s, I would say is the modern era. That time of, is yeah. when it was really gaining steam. Yeah. But uh, what else? What else was your? Th- I mean, real UFC, quick though. The UFC needed a good card. I think they they haven't had much luck. Um, I've been on the record many times, you know, for for a decade now, um, saying. Well, I shouldn't say a decade. That's yeah, about a couple. Years. Yeah, a few years. A couple years now. Two, three years now. For for at least five years now, I don't think that they've handled their talent very well, and I don't think they brought up young talent as well. Um, and you know, I think they put their eggs in the wrong guys' baskets. Um, so I think that for them to have, um, you know, this type of successful card, um, I, I think it was really good. They got the fights right. I still, the Damian Woodley, or uh, the Tyron Woodley, Damian Maya fight, um, it's a good fight on paper. Those guys have complete contrasting styles, so it's going to yeah. make for a boring fight. Damian Maya is one of the best grapplers we've seen in, yeah. in mixed martial arts. Yeah. And Tyron Woodley is a very strong, powerful, explosive fighter. He's not going to do anything stupid and get fucked up. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? exactly. Um, yeah. He went. He fought a wrestler, didn't get taken down. He fought Damian Maya, who is excellent on the ground, excellent takedown, has really good trips, judo, things like that. You know, his jiu-jitsu background is... is his takedown you know, defense was... All you need to know about that fight is, is Woodley's takedown defense was just phenomenal. The entire Insane. fight. And the that, entire that fight is a skill unto itself. There's a lot yeah. of people out there that and I don't want to go so far to call people casual fans, um, but if you step foot inside a jiu-jitsu gym and 
you will learn how fucking hard it is to not let someone take you down. It is exhausting. I'm a, I mean, I, I'll, I'm a casual fan. I don't fucking follow the, the machinations of you. I mean, you're the more hardcore fan of the two of us. I don't follow UFC on a weekly, daily. I mean, I don't have fight pass. I don't sit there and, and study jujitsu and this and the other. So I'm, I'm, I'm as casual as they come. I mean, I, I, I know a little bit of something. You know, yeah. I'm a wrestling fan, no, I mean, a pro wrestling fan. Talking about so I, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. So yeah, I, I mean, I think that I think that most casual fans have. I mean, if you like some, so I mean, unless you're just the casualest of casuals, fan. Like I don't like any kind of fighting. I just, I just happen to stumble into a fucking uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and the, the fight is on, and I like to watch them. Like <laughs> that's like as casual as casual yeah. can be. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I think the takedown defense is is it was key in that fight, and, and I think it kind of set the tone for the fight. Really, I mean, how the fuck did I, Damian Maya like he got cut like three seconds into the fight? I don't even know what the fuck happened. Um, I think it was a headbutt. Was it a headbutt? Because I'm sitting there like I'm sitting there like yo, where the fuck did this nigga get a head a a a cut from? Like he was. Um, I remember what happened. Now he was he went to try and take Woodley down. And Woodley's right arm, I think, it was kind of like a forearm slash kind of like little check hook type of joint mm-hmm. uh, where he just, my was head was in like no man's land and he just got him. It, sometimes, man, it's like freak accident, but it, yo, I'm surprised. I was actually concerned for a little while. I was like, this fight might have gone on too long because I was concerned for, and I'm always concerned for fighter safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the martial artist in me. Um, you know, I, I don't train jiu-jitsu anymore. Um, but I've, I've have a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, I trained for many years, um, so I'm always going to be worried about guy safety. I think more so than maybe the cat, the normal fan would be, just from a, a perspective of like, yo, this could be me, or this is my brother, this is that, the the way of life that it is. Um, I was like, damn, yo, the doctor should be looking at this eye a little bit more, but. I mean, he went out there and he... I will, he I will say this. Thing. The fight that I thought lasted way too long was the fucking Cyborg and... Uh, oh, my God. That shit. How the fuck does that broad have... Does not have CTE? I don't know how. I mean... Yo, I, she was taking some blows. I, I'm saying, though. Like, how the fuck does she not have a fucking cranium crack? I don't understand. How? Cyborg hits hard as fuck. So. I know. I know. So, I'm like, hey, shit. Hey, to her, though. She, she held her own. She held her own, but damn. I'm like, oof. But, uh... Overall, so I guess real quick before we transition to other stuff, um, do you think this Lesnar and uh, Jones fight has any probability of happening, or you just kind of see it as a lot of smoke but no um, fire? I think a lot of smoke. I, I think John Jones knows that he has to shut the detractors up, um, and he needs to fight Gustafson. Um, that fight was a really close one. I think that's the toughest fight of Jones' career. That's the one where he got his toe all fucked up. That was gross. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I think that was the toughest. That was the tough, toughest fight uh, to date for him. Um, so I, I think once he does that, if he goes in there and takes care of business um, like a motivated John Bones Jones can, um, then I think we will really see the narrative with him turn in the corner. Because at that point, then he would have beaten everybody that there is to beat. Hmm. Very true. Very... Unless I'm forgetting somebody, but. Um, the Lesnar thing, it's stupid. Lesnar is not a very good fighter. He, he's a hell of an athlete. He's strong as a bull. Um, he is good for WWE. He is not a very good mixed martial artist. Um, for as strong as he is, he doesn't hit especially hard um, unless he takes you down and, and can um, you know 
bring punches down from like a top mount type of deal. I wouldn't say he's uh, not a very good mixed man. I, that's I, I would say that's a stretch. I, I, to say he's not. I, no, I wouldn't. He's not as polished like, as as you would not, like. He's not, a, he's not as polished as you was like. But he, I mean, this is a, a former NCAA uh, champion. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say he's not a, he's a good wrestler. Yeah, he's a good wrestler. Yeah, he's a good mixed martial artist. Not me. He's a good wrestler. He's not a good he's not a good fighter. He doesn't like to get hit. I'll agree with you on that. I don't know. I just didn't agree he, he's with. He's an elite. He's an elite wrestler, but he doesn't like to get hit. He's not a very hard puncher for as strong as he is. Yeah. Um. He's not a very good grappler. He's very slow on his feet. Um. I think I think John Jones would beat him. There's a big weight difference. And I get that, but I think Jones is too skilled. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I will say I thought Cormier, I thought that was a pretty even fight until the kick. Yeah, I had it. I had it. Um, I had it 1-1. And I, and I had it 1-1, one, one, and I thought it was. starting to come on in that round. Um, you you said you thought DC was coming on in that round, or you thought John Jones was coming on in that round? What's that? You said you, you I, I didn't hear you, my bad. You said uh, DC was coming on in that round, in the third round, or was it? No, nah, I thought John Jones was coming on in that round. Um, he started throwing with a little bit more power. Um, I, I just thought that he was really starting to tune up a little bit. Um, but I have to show you this link. There's a I, video I, from like 2014 where they're talking at a press conference, and Jones is saying how he was like studying this film, and he recognized like two or th- two or three things that um, Cormier does that he's going to take advantage of. So they were like laughing, joking about it, blah 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 blah. And Cormier is like, "Yeah, uh, I think we're talking about the same thing." So just don't, um, just don't kick me with your left foot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, somebody tweeted that. Somebody tweeted that. I seen. Yeah, I seen so about I that. Like, Damn. Like, yeah, that's that just goes that's to crazy. Show you, like how smart of a fighter that John Jones is. And that's I crazy. I, I think he's a smart fighter. I, I will say though, I think pe- you know how people tend to fucking gash it up, and people were like, "Oh, John Jones whooped Cormier's ass." I mean, like, yeah, it's a pretty even fight. Yeah. Uh, two and a half rounds in, like it was pretty pretty even fight. I, I'm not gonna sit there and say that it, you know John Jones just dominated. It. It's pretty even fight. So it just I think just Jones got him got him with a good kick. Square yeah. kick in the side yeah, of the fucking skull. He he paid attention, he watched film, and like we always say, preparation matters. Um so you know what I'm saying? He he did his part. You know, he did the He damn sure he did with the mental he kept up with the mental aspect of the game because that's, you know, such a huge portion of it. And he executed. I think that's you know, that's something that is so simple yet something that's very it's it's something that's so simple for as simple as it is, something that's very, very hard to recognize a weakness, to exploit it, and finish. To follow the game plan is, is very difficult. Yeah, no, I I, I I completely, completely, completely agree with you. Um, yeah, let's move on. Today was a big day. Today was the trade deadline. Uh, the July 31st MLB trade deadline and a lot of interesting moves, a lot of moves that I'm looking to dissect on a lot of different fronts. Um, everybody kind of know, everybody who's got a, a fucking smartphone knows all the deals that went down. I think the two biggest ones today obviously were Sonny Gray going to the Yankees and a fucking trade I do not understand from the A's perspective. They get three great prospects in theory, but two of them are fucking out for the season with major injuries. Fowler's hurt with the fucking busted up knee, and then Caprillion is coming off Tommy John surgery. So you don't, you know, you might not see Caprillion until, if not next year, 2019 at the earliest or at the latest. So 
I don't understand that fucking trade at all from Oakland standpoint. Like, if I'm Oakland, I, I have to get... I know they got Mateo back, and I know Oakland, I guess, loves fucking Mateo, but... I don't understand that fucking deal from Oakland standpoint. Like to me, two. I'm not taking. I'm not trading away my best asset and getting two of the three prospects I get back are injured. They may be great. Right. They may have a lot of fucking uh, 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 talent to them, but I'm not taking two in, two prospects back that are injured. How do I sell that to my fan base? Especially with like if, if, if it's one thing like if they have minor injuries and they're on the DL, but they're both out for the season with major injuries. I saw that injury right. where, where where Dustin Fowler got hurt. He fucked his knee up. He fucked his whole entire foot up. Like I his leg up. I don't. I don't. I I wouldn't have made that deal if I. If that was me. If I'm Billy Bean, and I think Billy Bean's overrated anyway. I, I think he's a little overrated. Um, because he hasn't won, you know, for, that's another thing for, for as great as Billy Bean has been, you know, he's got the movie and Moneyball, the book and all that, you know, can, can Billy Bean win a championship? Is that too much to ask? The A's have always, the A's have kind of been a selling club historically. Well, no, they actually, no, they, 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 they've never really been a selling club per se. They've been a team that's kind of, they've been a team that's kind of looked for, to make smart acquisitions. I wouldn't say they've sold. I think they've just, they've. They've looked for under that's the whole essence of Moneyball. You look for underappreciated players that don't exactly right. don't exactly I don't think they're on the level of like say like the Marlins, how they're very much a sellers club, I thought, historically. Um but it's like okay, like I even remember back in the days where the we had like the Tim Hudson days, the Barry Zito days, where it's like, okay, we have this really good thing. It's time to fuck it up. Like and yeah, it's not so simple to say like with that particular instance because mm-hmm. There were injuries. Barrizito kind of lost his stuff, um, but I just feel like his economical approach sometimes is too economical. It's, a, it's, it's too much of a hindrance. Yeah, it's too much of. Well, I, and I get it. The market doesn't. Pro- yeah, the market, the stadium situation hasn't always been great. The ownership hasn't always been great there in Oakland. It's I get tough it. There. I get it. I understand it. I just think that when the times that they've been good, the times that they have been really a great team. I mean, we talk about Zito, Mulder, and Hudson. Those teams choked year in and year out to the Yankees. I get it. They were facing a dynasty. I get it. But I mean, is it hard to ask to win one of those five game series just once? You know, you know they had a, they had a couple of choke jobs a couple of years ago against the Detroit Tigers in back to back postseasons. So I mean, again, for his, and I think he's a very good GM. I just think that for all the love and all the fucking bouquets he gets thrown at him, I mean, is it too much to ask uh, Billy Bean to get to a World Series one of these years? I mean, I'm just saying, but whatever. Um, I didn't like that deal. I'm sorry, I I, I didn't fucking like that deal. I, I'm just like, man, Caprillion and Fowler. Like to me, I said I I wrote this on Twitter. I'm like, any trade that I'm making with the Yankees for a big player. Has to include Clint Frazier. Like, has to have my top prospect involved in it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting the Yankees swindle me. Fuck that. You want Sonny Gray? Package starts with Clint Frazier. I, I'll say this: if 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 the package would have started with Clint Frazier, you know, I could live with one of the two injured players. I can't, I can't live with both of them. But I can live with one of the two. I can live with taking back a Caprillion. I can live with taking back, uh, you know, a Fowler and something else. But. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't particularly love that deal from from the uh, from the uh, A's point of view. But we'll see. Obviously, judging prospects is never a fucking sure thing. It's a fucking. It's 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 you know who the fuck knows. It's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. For all we know, Dustin Fowler comes back and becomes fucking Don Mattingly. For all we fucking know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Caprillion could be the next Roger Clemens. I I don't I don't know. So we'll see. But I, I, on paper, right now on the surface, I don't like that deal. Me personally. And plus the fact that Yankees got fucking Sonny Gray, which just makes me sick to my fucking stomach anyway. But whatever. 
Um, but the other big trade uh, to discuss, the Dodgers getting Darvish. That is a game changer. That's crazy. That's Dude, a game changer. That is insane. And, that's, and that was one of my big complaints with the Dodgers. And that's been my big complaint with the Dodgers now for the last two years. Last year, I thought their pitching staff was a joke. I really, I mean, outside of Kershaw and Jansen and, you know, bookend, bookend guys, I thought their pitching staff was a joke. I, and I coming into this year, I know Alex Wood is twelve and two or twelve and three, whatever is an all star. I know they got you know I know they got Maeda. I know they got Ryu, but I don't love that pitching staff in a big spot. Um, we know that we know that Kershaw's got the Peyton Manning thing going. You know he's great. He puts up historic numbers, but in the postseason he chokes constantly. So that's going to be a storyline down the line in September and October. But you know we all know the greatness of Kershaw. But outside of Kershaw, who else is in that rotation that scares you? Alex Wood. I saw Alex Wood give up a home run to Cespedes in 2015 that hasn't landed yet in October. So, um, you know, call me when I when Alex Wood wins a big game. You know, Maeda, who knows? Ryu, he's he's a walking injury waiting to happen. So, and then Rich Hill's 36 with blister problems and is a five inning pitcher. Is that a guy that I want on the mound in a game in a game four? You know, with my season on the line, this, I, I don't know. I saw this crazy stat. Um, on ESPN when I was like trying to catch up because you know I, I don't watch a lot of baseball anymore. Um, You're fucking up. But they were saying how the Dodgers team ERA is like you know wild low, <clears throat> but they also average like six innings an outing. Yeah, and yeah. And their bullpen, your bullpen is good, but it's not that go, great. You can't go anywhere in the postseason wearing out your bullpen. You can't do that. You have to have fresh arms. Absolutely, I completely agree. And I think it's something that hurt them. I think it's something that hurt them last year against the Cubs. I think they ran out of pitching in Absolutely. that series. Um, but I, I, I love this Darvish deal. I, I, this is a game changer. I mean, the Dodgers are forty-two games above five hundred, something like that, something crazy like that. They're, I mean, if they if they just coast, they're going to win hundred games easily. Um, they're clearly the best team in, in in the sport right now, on paper anyway, regular season wise. Um, and they go out there and they make a fucking move like this for you, Darvish. Now, I know Darvish's numbers haven't been great this year, per se. He's coming back off of injury. But if Darvish is engaged and he's fucking healthy and going to the National League, man, that is a game-changer move. That is a game-changer move. And if Kershaw's healthy, you know, I know Kershaw's out with the back injury. I would That would concern me a little bit if I'm a Dodger fan. This is a guy that's had back injuries now two years in a row. I can speak from my from experience. Back injuries are nothing to fuck with, um, so I, that would concern me a little bit. But if, if everything, if all signs point to you know Green with 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 uh, with Kershaw, Kershaw and Darvish at the top of your rotation in October, that is sick. That is sick. Yeah, that Darvish is a, doesn't have to worry about being the guy. <clears throat> he gets a little bit of pressure taken off of him, and I think it takes pressure off the rest of the pitching staff too. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. That you have another live arm out there. Absolutely. I think the, the psychological aspect of that, building your rotation in the playoffs, getting up to a head, you know, a good start in October, you know, that goes a very, very long way of just psychologically going up to nothing when you can throw out your ace and then another, you know, very, very, very good. A co ace, yeah. Um, you know, that's a very hard thing to overcome in the playoffs where everything is, is mm-hmm. you know, infinitely more difficult. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Everything absolutely. Up in the playoffs. Every sport, well, especially in baseball. Also, the, the thing now, I, one thing I will say is, the Dodgers will go on and win 110 games, all that good stuff. But the pressures, October 1st now, the pressure is really going to be on on the Dodgers. Because let's face it, the Dodgers had this before. The Dodgers had this when they had Granke and they had Kershaw. 
at the top of their rotation, and they never did anything in a big spot. Never. And and again, the pressure's going to be on Kershaw. If he's healthy and he comes back in, what, three and four to five weeks, like they're, like they're predicting, and he's healthy, and if he's right, it's time for Kershaw to take that next step now. It's time for Kershaw now to... The excuse is going to stop now. Yeah, they, they, they got to stop now. They clearly have the best team. They got a good mix of veterans and young players. Like, they, they're a well-put-together team, I think. They have improved, They also improved their bullpen in this trade deadline, too, with Singrani and Watson. Like, that's it now. Like, October 5th or whenever the first division series game is, when the, when the Dodgers take on the winner of that wild card, enough. Let me see now for the postseason. If Clayton Kershaw, let me see you now go out there. Each and every one of your postseason starts, whether the Dodgers advance to the World Series or lose in an NLCS. Let me see. Let me see Clayton Kershaw go out there and give give you seven innings, three hits, ten strikeouts, every single game. And, and it may sound unreasonable, but you know when you're making two hundred and ten million dollars like Kershaw is, when you're the best pitcher in your generation, not sport, generation. As everybody would agree, you know what? I don't think that's too much to ask. It, the, the pressure's now on Kershaw now to get it done. So it's going to be interesting. I, yeah, I, this, I, is, this is where the guys that transcend dominance, that, that's where they're – when you think of dominant pitchers, you think of guys like Pedro and, and fucking Randy Johnson. and Yeah, you know, they have, they have a postseason resume. As much as I hate They them, have a postseason resume. Yeah, these are guys that went through October – through the fall and dominated like their stuff got better as the season wore on yeah absolutely and they just won they won fucking big games they won games they won big games like they had a postseason run and I, I still think Kershaw's that great that I think he can have a postseason run in him I think he can have a postseason run like Sabathia had a few years ago with the Yankees like uh, Cliff Lee had a couple years ago I, obviously Bum Garner's insane postseason three years ago um, you know, I think, I, yeah, I think he has that run in him, I, I, but he has to do it. He has to do it because if he has another dud this postseason, I don't want to hear excuses about, well, my back. I don't want to hear excuses about, oh, nobody wants to hear about your missions in Africa. I, none of that. None of that. None of that. It's time to get it done now. So I think the Dodgers are going to have some pressure on them. I think Darvish helps infinitely. I think they're clearly, clearly now. Head and shoulders above everybody else in the NL and the AL. I think they're the team to beat. I think they're going to waltz to 100 games. So we'll see. We'll see. Other deals that that happened today. Uh, my Mets, I guess a minor sell, um, selling Addison Reed for three bullpen pieces. I would have liked to get another po- a positional prospect back. But, I mean, whatever. I guess you can take what you get. I mean, who knows with these guys. The Mets got bullpen arms and Drew Smith when they traded Lucas Duda last week to, to the Rays. So, are you, guys, are you guys on a full rebuild? Or are you no, I think the Mets are... I think the Mets are... The Mets No, I think the Mets... I think the Mets are saying, look, this year, for whatever reason, it just it didn't work. Uh, mostly injuries, but ineffective. I, I, would, I, I would say this year has been a, combi- a strong combination of injuries and ineffectiveness. I don't think this team has played well all year. I think this team has been mismanaged a lot. I think this team hasn't played well. I thought guys that, that were supposed to play, that includes Cespedes, have not played well. And, of course, the injuries with the Mets. I think, I think there's going to be a change in the managerial position in the offseason. I, I think either Terry gets fired or retires, one of the two. Um, I think what the Mets are saying, look, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out this year. 
Um, the Mets are going to bank on Syndergaard coming back, not blowing his fucking lat muscle. Um, they're going to they're going to bank on you know Familia being healthy. They're going to bank on Steven Matz not fucking sneezing and and breaking a rib. They're going to they're going to count on and they're going to count on and they're going to count on Cespedes just having a down year and coming back stronger next year. I think they're going to count on all those things and hopefully praying that on a in a in a walk year Matt Harvey can give them something. I think they're all in on 2018. Um, I think they're going to have some money coming off the paybook. So, so uh, they they traded their free agents basically, their upcoming free agents. So what they did was let's let's get something back for them. Let's hope a team gets desperate and gives us something of value. Um, for a guy like Addison Reed, it didn't quite happen. Although a lot of people tend to like these bullpen arms, everybody thinks that they got some pretty good quality relief arms. Um, we'll see. Obviously, prospects are prospects. We'll see, but. Um, I can't knock the Mets for what they did today. I mean, honestly, I can't. Like I said, I, I can nitpick. I could have wanted a, maybe another positional prospect in, in return. Um, but it is what it is. I, I think the Mets are saying this year, look, we're going to – we're gonna. I, I don't think they've even waved the white flag necessarily. I think they're just saying – I think they're just saying – they got A.J. Ramos on Friday night, a guy that can help him from next year. He's a free agent after next year anyway. Another bullpen arm. So I think the Mets know, hey, we got to improve this bullpen. Um I think the I think they're preparing for 2018. I think they're going to go into 2018 saying, "Look, we're not going to put as much pressure on the rot- on the rotation to beat our guys." I think we're going to come in. I think the Mets are going to try to build a dominant bullpen. Whether 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 one or two of these guys hits, I think they're going to try to sign another reliever maybe to kind of come in and 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 strengthen the bullpen. Um, they're going to have a lot of money coming off the books with you know with Bruce with Granderson. Uh, I forgot what other contract is expiring um, at the end of the year. So they're going to have some money to play with. Um, we'll see. So uh, to answer your question, I think they're retooling, not rebuilding. Like a like a soft reboot. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could probably put it that way. Um, like I said, they didn't really trade anything of, of, of really a big consequence. I mean, again, they weren't going anywhere this year. So trading Addison Reed, your closer, or your filling closer yeah. right now. I think you guys, it, I think. Like you said, I think it's just overall really just been bad luck, honestly. Oh, it's been it's been it's been bad luck, but it's also been mismanagement. I, I also think I, I here's the thing, as a Met fan and, and me and Luke get into this argument all the time, he's a fucking Nationals fan, so he likes to fucking take shots at me, of course, fucker. But um here's the thing. The Mets have just had a black fucking cloud over them and this fucking organization when it comes to injuries and I just I don't I I literally have never seen a situation like the Mets where so many guys year in you ask any Met fan the last five years there has never been I challenge somebody to give me an organization in any sport that has experienced the level of injuries to key players I'm not talking about you know a, a bench guy getting hurt I'm talking about key components of your team always getting hurt and it's like flu i mean it's just like stuff that like how do you control this stuff like it's just it's a black fucking cloud i don't know what it is obviously firing the manager isn't going to solve all those issues but let's face it when you have 150 million dollar payroll and you were expected to be a world a world series team somebody's going to take the somebody's going to fall on the sword and it's easier to get rid of the manager who's on a one-year deal anyway than you know players or you know even Sandy Alderson in this extent. So I think that 
I think that it has been a lot of bad luck with the Mets. I really do. Now, I think there's also been some mismanagement. I think the way any Met fan will tell you, the way Terry Collins manages a game is absolutely fucking brutal. Um, his handling of bullpens are fucking brutal. Uh, I like Terry. I'm not as down on Terry as other people are, although I'm, I don't defend. It, it, it's, it's weird because Met fans have a love and hate relationship with Terry Collins. A lot of Met fans feel like Terry Collins doesn't get a lot of blame. And some people feel like he gets too much blame. So it's it's that it's that double-edged sword type of thing. I'm kind of in the middle. Like I I think I think this year he I think the last two years he has not he has not managed his team well. I, I, I think he has not and and if they fire him at the end of the year, I think it's well deserved. I, I don't think he's managed the team well in the last two years. Outside of the run we made in you know late in the season last year when we had an easy schedule. I don't think this year he's been a really good I don't think he, I don't think this year he's been a very good manager. Granted, he's had a lot of injuries, but still, I don't think he's handled the situation. I don't think he's handled the pitching staff well. I don't think he's handled the bullpen. Certainly, I know he hasn't handled the bullpen well. Um, his lineup sometimes leave a lot to be desired. I, I just think, uh, yeah, I'm frustrated. I don't even want to talk about it no more. I don't even want to talk about this shit no more because I know I'm going to get fucking I frustrated. Say, how, are we going to air it all out or like... Dog man, don't don't start playing violins and shit. I mean, don't don't start playing violins, nigga. Shit, it'll be alright, nigga. Don't talk shit, nigga. Because when you're fucking buccaneers, when your bucks start out zero and four and shit, though, I'm gonna start playing violins for your ass too, nigga. Then we need the Jets guy out of here. Yeah, whatever, nigga. Anyway, but yeah, I, I think the Mets are doing a soft retool. I think they're gonna still plan on contending next year. I think they're just hoping and praying that these guys come back healthy. I, I think that's the biggest thing. So you can't really. Yeah, that's all you can do. I mean, I think with Degrom, Syndergaard, I think Syndergaard is probably the closest of those guys coming back, pretty much healthy because he didn't have like a major injury. He, I mean, he had a major injury, but it wasn't like a structural injury, like an elbow or a torn ACL or something like that. Um, it was a lat muscle tear that should get that should get healed. Um, he's talking about changing his workout approach, not put on so much muscle in the off season. Hopefully, he does that. And uh, he can come back and be the Syndergaard of old. And with DeGrom and Syndergaard at the top of the rotation, um, you know, Steven Matz, if he ever fucking stays healthy and effective, um, whatever they get out of Matt Harvey next year, who's completely just falling apart as a pitcher, whatever they can get out of him in, in a walk year, it, it'll be a bonus. And then, you know, they'll fill in the fifth starter role. I honestly, like, I'm at the point now where I think they should make Zach Wheeler a reliever because I, I just don't think he's going to cut it as a, as a starter. He throws way too many pitches. You know, he's a five inning pitcher. He throws way too many pitches. He doesn't have control or command. Um, but I think his stuff plays in a bullpen if he's healthy enough. Now, he's had injuries, and I think that's the hesitance with making him a reliever. But I think, I think in the long term, I think Wheeler's going to be a fucking sick ass eighth inning, ninth inning guy. But. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But um, the Mets just retooled, I think. Um, but other moves at uh, the trade deadline. Uh, the Nats, the fucking stinking-ass Nats, got uh, Brandon uh, Kinsler um, from the Twins. Uh, fucking Luke Roy. The Rangers. I don't know what the fuck the Rangers were doing. They basically gave away Luke Roy for nothing. Uh so I don't understand that. I mean, that's a guy that they gave up a pretty decent haul last year to get at the trading deadline. Oh, he hasn't had a great year this year, but they trade him for basically a player to be named later. I uh, that's yeah, that's a little iffy for me. Um, other than that, I mean, today wasn't really an eventful day as far as trades. I mean, I think everything kind of happened already. All the big trades happened. We talked about it a couple weeks ago with the Cubs getting. Uh, 
Um, or I talked about it a couple weeks ago with the Cubs getting. Um, fuck, what's this dude's name? I'm drawing a fucking blank. Cat from the White Sox. Um, but yeah, getting uh, getting him. So that was kind of the big move of the of the, of the trade deadline. Um, the Yankees obviously getting Frazier and Kane, Kane and um, and and Robertson uh, was a big move. So I mean, I think right now, I think the big winners obviously would be the Yankees, Dodgers, um, and Cubs right now. If you if you were just trying to grade it on a scale of winners and losers, losers, A's, I just I don't understand how the fuck you take two injured two or three injured prospects. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't understand that. And I know both those prospects are high end prospects. Don't get me wrong. But that to me, I, I don't yeah, that's I don't understand that one. And I would say the loser is the Cardinals, because I just they're one game out of five they're they're one game under five hundred. They're like three or four games back. This is the Cardinals. You would think the Cardinals will be more active at the deadline than they were. They didn't really do anything. I, I don't know what the fuck the Cardinals are doing. So that that I, I would put them as a loser. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the MLB trade deadline recap. I know you don't fucking follow this shit as much. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Dog, I haven't watched baseball in like a cool like seven years. You're fucking tripping, nigga. Hey, just I, don't do it for me no more, dog. Put the fucking soccer ball down and watch some, and pick up the American pastime again, nigga. I'm going with the worldwide pastime, okay? Yeah, okay, nigga, whatever. Soccer is watched globally. Yeah, call me when Not soccer. Call me when soccer when 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 soccer gets better ratings than a than a bad girls club. Dog, soccer just because soccer, <laughs> soccer is not popular. Here in America, uh, you know there's a whole. You soccer, I I like soccer. I'm not a I'm not a soccer hater. I like soccer. I'm I'm a I, I'm I I will qualify my soccer fandom as like how I'm a fan of UFC. I, I casually follow you know, the sport. Like three teams, right? No, I I I'm more into I'm more into the Euro League and the Cup. I, I'm more of a fan of the World Cup than I am just like the leagues in sen- in the sense. So, so just international. Yeah, international. Yeah, I get behind the you know the the international. Obviously, I'm 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 Hispanic, so that though know, that the 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 national pride that stuff always takes a big toll from when even when I was a kid. Panama has been fucking horrible at soccer for since forever. God knows, God knows why. But they're not terrible, but they're not as good as they should be. You would think, but um, I mean, Central Central America is not a except for Costa Rica. Yeah. They're not a power. They're They're Costa Rica's probably the best team in Central America. Um, Mexico's good. The United States just won the Gold Cup, which is the domestic tournament that we have, our regional tournament. Um, Then if they keep the Confederations Cup, which is a tournament that really doesn't mean shit, which is the year year before the World Cup. Um, The winner from CONCACAF, which is where the U.S. and Mexico play. It's uh, North America, Central America. uh, they play the European champions versus the African Cup of Nations. Um, so all those teams play each other. The, Con- the Confederations Cup really doesn't mean shit. Nobody gives a fuck about it. Uh, it's just a money grab. Like pretty much everything else in international soccer, it's a money grab. Yeah, so I'm more like I said. I'm more into the international. 2018 or the 2018. Yeah, next summer two two World Cups for now. This this year's next year's World Cup is going to be in Russia, which is pure money grab. And then the World Cup after that is going to be in Qatar, which is complete and utter bullshit. But that's a whole other story. For yeah, yeah. Don't get me don't get me started on FIFA. But anyway, 
Um, <laughs> I think all those fucking international sports organizations are fucking crooked. It's beginning with the oh, IOC. Yeah. Beginning with the IOC and including FIFA. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I'm not like a, a soccer hater, man. But you soccer niggas be making me sick sometimes with y'all, with y'all fucking. Y'all think soccer is like the greatest thing ever. Like, slow nah, y'all nah, fucking nah, roll, nah, man. Nah, 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 nah. I just, we just... A lot of soccer fans, they just want the respect, dude. Y'all get the respect. I mean, you you guys are the biggest sport in the world on a worldwide a worldwide scale. Now, in the U.S., you guys are still, you know, a fringe sport at best. Mm, I go you back. guys have made some inroads. You guys are you guys have made some inroads. Obviously, I'm not gonna sit there and disrespect soccer in in the states as it, it hasn't made it, I any inroads. I personally don't really watch MLS. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna knock the quality of the play. Um, I just. I don't know. I barely watch. I like watch the first. And that to me is the biggest issue with soccer gaining traction in the U.S. It's like when when the when the The national when they play the so like the they have this another like uh, so right now it's preseason for the European teams. Their season starts in a couple of weeks. Um, It soccer's damn near year round. but the Premier League teams and some of the La Liga teams, um, they do a U.S. tour every year now because it's a nice money grab. Um, so you have teams like my favorite team, Manchester City, is playing Manchester United here, which is a historic rivalry. Um, they played a friendly, which is an exhibition match. Uh, they played one in Houston. Then City turned around and played Tottenham, which is a team from London in the Premier League. Um, Real Madrid played Barcelona down in Miami, uh, which is another classic rivalry. Um, and they're doing really good crowds. Like they're pulling at 50, 60 K, yeah. you know, anywhere from 30 to 60,000 people, which is pretty goddamn good. Um, you know, but the MLS teams, only a certain few markets are pulling in that type of, um, attendance, Seattle, um, uh, Orlando. Atlanta's new team is, Orlando. is doing excellent, but you know, uh, Orlando. the U S team, yeah. the U S national team just played in the Niners new stadium. And had crazy attendance. I think it's the biggest soccer match that's ever been uh, recorded here in the states. So they're making inroads. Yeah, they're making inroads. I mean, they're making inroads. I mean, like I said, I I, I like to take a little shots at, at soccer because I think it's funny. But I know a lot of soccer fans, and I like to fucking troll them. But I mean, it's making inroads. Obviously, I, I don't think you guys are where you. I don't think it's it's enough where oh my god, like you know, we got to start taking this shit seriously as a as a as a big five now as far as sports in this country. I, I still think you guys have a long way to go on that, but but uh, we'll see. I don't think Maybe. it'll ever get that big because of the cultural difference in it. I think that's really yeah. I don't think it'll ever get that big because I think the MLS. I don't think just I don't relate. They do things way different. That too, I mean? and I, and I just think the MLS, the quality in the MLS is 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 lagging. So I think that yeah, I, I think that that's what hurts soccer in this country is that we don't have a league where everybody can kind of you know get behind on us on at the states level. Yeah, I mean, another Premier League and the best players in the world, and they're not coming here to play. Exactly. I think that's that's they're coming the here to play after their careers are, sh- are pretty much their after they're washed up or they're just going they're coming for a quick money grab basically that's that's what yeah pretty much that's what it is so yeah but uh, transition over to something that kind of caught my attention this week you know just kind of look browsing through the fucking you know the current events and shit and um, CTE is back in the news um, um yeah so CTE is back in the news. Um, Yo, did you see that Brian Price video? No, I didn't. I have to send it to you. Brian Price, he played for the Bucks. We drafted him out of UCLA. Uh, defensive tackle. Uh, just never really stayed healthy for us. Um, 
had like some kind of episode and was like at an auto parts store, like a Pet Boys type of joint. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was doing something and they called the police and yo, this dude just like wigged out and ran and jumped through the glass door. Like, you know how the entrance door, like the automatic joints, it's all one sheet of glass. He yeah. jumped right through that joint. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. Well, I just kind of piggybacking off of that, the fucking CTE uh, thing. Um, so there was a, a study done. I forget who it was that did the study. Some, I guess, university did the study. Or, or I think it's from the Massachusetts Institute of Te- or MIT. MIT did the MIT. study um, recently. Of I guess they examined 202... Uh, brains of a combination of semi-pro Canadian Football League players and obviously NFL players. And out of the 202 players, um, uh, out of 202 brains samples, 177 had CTE. And out of 111 brains that played in the NFL, 110 had CTE. That's crazy. That is an incredible fuck. I mean, I, I don't know why that story... Um, kind of captivated me so much that I'm almost like at a loss for words of it. I, I just, it's a, it's a two, it's a two prong attack for me because like, wow, I hear this study and I, and it's crazy to me. And obviously we've, we've seen the concussion movie and CT has kind of been, this decade has really come out, come to light as a big major thing. Um, but I, I, I struggle with this. Like do football fans really care? And I asked that question because so. it's like, at at the end of the day, I think fans see it, they hear it, it's like wow. But on to my fantasy team, like like it's just one of those fucking things. Like I, I don't really think, I don't really think it's it's this coverage of CTE, this new knowledge of CTE, the studying, the science involved in it. Has really kind of changed, or I mean, I think it's swayed some people. Um, it's it's certainly swayed me in a sense. Like I have a son now. Like I, yeah, I everything yeah. I know now about head trauma, about concussions, about CTE, about Pop Warner, the tackling uh, in 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 youth football. Everything I know now, like I'm not I'm not definitively saying that I would I won't allow my son. And Sully over there, Sully, I guess don't disagree. Uh, Sully agree, yeah. I don't know what the hell he's barking at. <laughs> but everything I've read about CTE now at a youth level, like I can't say that I'm totally a hundred percent comfortable with my son playing football. Like, yeah, no, because I, I think I it's it's different. It's different when it's you playing football, and I never played football, so I, I I'm it's a little bit out of my realm. I never played. Obviously, I love football. I followed it all my life, but I never played it. But um, besides, you know, flag or, you know, backyard, you know, schoolyard type shit. I never played it on a, on a, on a right. you know, on a team level and or full contact. Yeah, exactly. Guys. Um, so yeah. like I, I, I struggle with the knowledge of knowing all this and feeling comfortable as a parent, letting my son play. But at the same time, like I love football. Like I love the game. I know the, the way I know how much that game is and how beautiful it is when it's played right at a high level and it's it's like it's like man, I struggle with it because it's like fuck, like you know. But as a parent now, like that changes your whole entire mindset, and it's like fuck, like I, I don't knock any parent 
that says, I don't want my son playing football. I've, I've talked to a lot of women that say, I don't want my son playing football. I, I, you know, even fathers who are football fans, like, yeah, I, I don't want my son playing football. Like, I love it. We can watch it together. Yeah. We can watch other motherfuckers fuck their shit up, but I'm not trying to have my son. Like, you know, it's one of those things, like, I like it when it's not in my backyard, like, type of things. Like, when it's when it doesn't affect you, yeah, I, oh, yeah, fuck it, yeah, great. I love football, gun ho, let's see that tackle, let's see the sack, but... You know, when it's when it's your kid and, and it's your family member, you know, it, it, it changes your mindset a little bit. So, um, yeah, for it, sure. I mean, th- this is my thing. Like, I, I like, you know, obviously I, I don't have kids. Um, you know, if I if I have a son. More than likely, I'm like, no, nah, you're not playing football. And this is coming from a dude. Who, and that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, that's um, where I'm leaning too. Yeah. It's coming from a dude who plays rugby, um, you know. But my thing is, on the professional aspect of it, is I'm kind of, kind of stuck between two feelings here. I feel bad for the guys that you know the Jewish sales of the world, and what's my man's name from the Chiefs that um, committed suicide in, in the team parking lot? Oh, um, yeah, I know you talking about. I can't. I can't. I can't. Right I can't, I can't, I can't, um, I can't but but these guys that you know are suffering, um, my heart goes out to them and their families. However, Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, yo, Jeff, that's fucked up. That's not what I'm about to say. But, like, you kind of assume the risk. Like, you're not out here, you know, it's not about the money aspect of it because they're getting paid very well. And I know you can't put a price tag on health. But, you know, you can't sit there and say that, you know, these that study came out and it said that offensive and defensive linemen – um, we know when the ball is snapped that basically them knocking heads is like the equivalent of like a collision at 100 miles an hour, and they do this 20 times a de- uh, 20 times a game. These type of uh, collisions happen 20 times a game or something like that. You can't sit there and say as an adult once you get to the college level, not not even say high school because some some high school kids and, and even some college kids you you think you're invincible, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's the football mindset, this gladiator type of mindset, right? But there has to be a level of assumed risk here. And that's preventing me from really feeling sorry for these dudes because, like, bro, you can't sit there and say that you running full speed, you know, you run a 4-5, you flying across the field 20 yards and you're smashing some dude who's, you know, uh, you, you know, who, who's just caught a ball. You know, the, the wide receiver coming across the middle, you know, we have the targeting rule now. But, like, you can't tell me as this guy, somebody like a Tyrell Owens who – made his career going across the middle. Shit, look at Wes Welker. Mm-hmm, yeah. Guys who make their bread and butter going across the middle, you're getting lit up by middle linebackers, guys like Ray Lewis, you know, guys that are violent tacklers like Ruben Foster from Alabama, who's now with the, the Niners, is a rookie. Um, guys like Quan Alexander and Luke Keekley, these type of linebackers, um, you know, and, and hard-hitting safeties that we've seen, you know, not so much now, um, but, you know, you're... Troy Polamalu's of the world and your, um, you know, uh, Brian Dawkins type of guys, um, you can't say that you didn't expect any of this coming. Now, my problem that I do have is the NFL just trying to sweep this shit under the rug. Like, oh, that's the NFL, though. That's the fucking NFL. I mean, that's the league. That's been that's, that's been that's, their position for 20 fucking years. Everybody knows that's been their position for 20 fucking years. They, they're going to sweep this shit under the rug. I mean, they're paying a little bit. They're paying more attention to it now, obviously, because they're fucking all of the legal ramifications that they face. And, 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 and I, before I get into that, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of something that you said specifically. 
in the sense that you, you kind of assume the risk. I think I think a lot of this is generational too. Like I think ignorance is a big hindrance in this situation. Um, because I think that if you're if you're a player that played in the '60s, if you played in the '70s, you played in the '80s, I think every 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 generation you want to call it Generation X, Generation Y, Baby Boomer, to Millennials now, I think that ignorance is accepted because we just didn't know all of the knowledge that we know mm-hmm. now. We didn't know. Like obviously there was there was some there was some idea, there was some thought process behind it, but there wasn't a there wasn't factual evidence there wasn't science to support studies there, there, there just wasn't there just wasn't enough information there on a on a grand scale to say yo this this shit is really a dangerous thing concussions are dangerous the sport is dangerous besides just the regular physical violence that you see on a day-to-day on a game-to-game basis i think i think you can't use what we didn't know any t- like kids growing up now Guys playing, I wouldn't even say guys playing in the league now because I, I think they fall under more of that millennial uh, generation like we do. But our kids, their kids, going forward now, that's not an excuse anymore. So kids go, coming up now in Pop Warner, kids coming up now in middle school, like your parents now know the risk. You know the risks. They're well publicized. They're well documented. So like now, there's no excuse anymore. Like, Terry Bradshaw had an excuse. In 1970, the science wasn't there. The study wasn't there. So, of course, he had 16 fucking concussions. And no one would have, would have batted a fucking eye about it. It just, it, it just was... There just, there just isn't... Like, it's, like, it's like now we know the fucking ills of smoking cigarettes. But in 19... Yeah. As far back... Like, my mom smoked cigarette when I was growing up. Like, so as far back as, like, 1992, like, cigarettes were still, like... A thing like people still smoke cigarettes like more than half of the population still smoke cigarettes like and now of course like if i see somebody smoking cigarettes now it's like wow like people still smoke cigarettes like it's crazy to me like but you know now like you was like in your case they assume the risk now they know like you know now like even in the 60s there were studies that being done that cigarettes were but there wasn't the level of study that came obviously later later decades i think that by the by the mid to late 90s everybody kind of there was a change in in the perception of cigarettes i think people knew like okay this is this this is really shitty this is really crappy why are people doing this yeah so i think that now like if you smoke cigarettes you're an idiot like you know the risks. You know the science. You, there's factual evidence. There's a computer everywhere. There's the internet all over the place. It's at your fingertips. Like you can Google the effects of cigarettes on the body, on your lungs, whatever. Like this is this is factual evidence. And I think that we're getting to that point now with football and CTE. Like guys, kids coming up now, and I and I, as a parent now, like my son Nicholas, and you know he's gonna know that CTE is real. Like, there is a danger involved in playing football. You know, Luke's kids, you know, your kids whenever you have kids, like, and then their kids and my kids' kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, like, those generations, I think this is where you're really going to start seeing the effect of these studies and and how it impacts impacts football going forward. Yeah, I think that's the big thing where you're going to, the culture shift in it, is going to start, you know, you're going to see it at the, the Pop Warner level, like you mentioned a minute ago. You know, now now you have more kids that, instead of playing football growing up, because that was like, you know, when we were growing up, you know, that was kind of like a rite of passage. Like, oh, you play football, 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if you didn't stick with it, like, at least you played with it. Like, yeah. Right. Like, in me, like, you know, just growing up, like, I've always been a tall dude. And it's like, oh, you play football, like, blah, blah, blah. But now, like, you see kids, like, they're not doing that. Like, more mm-hmm. uh, kids are playing soccer now. More kids are going to play, like, lacrosse. Uh, youth rugby is actually the fastest growing sport among kids in like a certain age group in the country. Right. You know, because rugby is a full contact sport, but it teaches you like proper tackling. So, because if you just run in head first on a guy, you're going to get kneed in the face and that's a wrap for you. Um, you know, you're going to get fucked up quick. You know, to the point where like the Seahawks have brought in uh, rugby coaches from Australia, from New Zealand to teach you know, how to hip and drag tackle, you know, just very simple contact and pull someone down with minimal energy, you know, hop back up, you know, just boom, you don't have to blow the guy up. But um, I I think, you know, you're 100% right with the kids now. Like, I think we're going to see, starting to see, you know, five, 10 years from now, um, the participation is going to, um, the farm system essentially is going to dry up. I, I think that that's something. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be like, okay, well, you know, maybe the NFL and the other governing bodies will do something to help make the game more safer. I don't know how you can, if they better the protection. I, I, the I don't okay, think so there, I really don't think there's a way to make the game safer. Like, I, I just yeah, think the can. game I, is I, what I, it is. Unless you're just completely changing. Helmet. Yeah. I, I, the, the discovery is a new and improved helmet to, to kind of minimize or neutralize head injuries overall. But I think that if, if a lot of people if, say take off the face mask and you'll see a big change already. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like I said, I don't I don't know enough about enough, so you know who knows. But um, right, you know, I I think that's the main key here of of kind of developing a an ability to handle these these head injuries a little bit better is kind of finding the technology to kind of either deal with it or just come into the or come into the understanding or the acceptance that. There's just no fucking... There's no change in this shit. Like, football's a fucking dangerous sport. Like, at some point, mm-hmm. like... Either you choose to do... I, I don't think football will ever lose its all overall popularity. I do think the popularity of football as a national, just dominant sport... That, I mean, the sport in the number one sport in the country. I think it's peaked. I mean, I think ratings will tell you that it's somewhat peaked, in a sense. And, and, and these things are cyclical because for 50, 60, 70 years, baseball was the number one sport and then football came around and just kind of overtook it. So these things are kind of mm-hmm. cyclical in, in a sense. But I do think that I do think that football's popularity has peaked in the sense that I do think the next coming is in, in the I can't speak the next coming generations. You're going to see, I think, a slow diminishing return in guys playing football and you know football if if they don't if they don't find a pro- a proper um you know way to combat this because i think this is a big issue i think it's a big issue and as and as soon and you know it does it's not going to it's not going to go away you know vice is doing studies on it you know 60 minutes is running stories on i mean it's it's becoming a major 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 thing now i will say fans right now i don't think they care i think right now fans are excited about training camp they listen to it they hear it wow that sucks wow 100 out of 111 110 oh shit that's crazy yeah so uh what's my fantasy team looking like or shit or damn who do my well you know i'm ready for fucking preseason like that and 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 and, and that includes me that includes me yeah yeah that's you know me. that includes you I mean, that includes me i mean now, yeah exactly i see i saw something earlier it's like what is it the third day of training camp or something like that, and uh, Jay Ajayi from the Dolphins getting evaluated for a concussion because I guess he got fucked up during a play. 
Um, yeah. Somebody was going a little too hard, you know what I mean? And you know, they, these things happen. These things happen, so and it's I'm just like, it's just the nature of the let sport. Me, let me let me keep an eye on him when it comes time for fantasy draft. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's an inherent. I think, and I think, I think, I think that's where you see it the most. I think, I think people are seeing. I think, I think where people show cause and concern or, or for these players is more of. The selfish nature of it. Like, what does this do for my team? What does this do for my fantasy team? Right. Motherfuckers ain't thinking about CTE. Niggas ain't thinking about, like, damn, I hope this nigga's brain cells are are are, are receiving enough blood so that they can reproduce. Like, niggas ain't thinking about this shit. Like, these niggas is like, yo, can this nigga help my fantasy team? If not, can I trade him? Can I release him? Can I pick up another replacement? Like, that's what the thought process goes into it. And I can't say that they're wrong because, I mean, that's just been our minds for so long. Like, we haven't had to think about CTE. We haven't had to think about these things. And I think what will really change the tide is when a a guy. I, I really believe, and I and I, I hope this never happens. But I think what really will change the tide is when somebody dies on the football field. Yeah. Like when somebody gets a hard hit to the football f- on the field and doesn't get up, and then we discover, you know, a concu- a deadly concussion, a CTE issue existed there i think that's when it really is going to change or i really that's where i think it really is going to hit the nfl and it's going to hit its pocketbooks where i think where you're going to see like whoa okay we we need to reevaluate what's going on here but until then and i hope it never happens i mean honestly i i I really because that that would be terrible so i don't obviously i don't you don't ever want to see anybody fucking die or anything like that so that's that i hope that doesn't happen but I think that's that's the only thing that is going to make this conversation increase and it becomes more of an effective conversation, not just the generations coming after us, but now. See what I'm saying? So I thought that was a very interesting little study that I read a couple of days ago. Um, it made the more, news. Ra- more facts. More facts keep coming out. More information keeps coming out. So, you know, it's going to be either a war of attrition with you know people coming up playing football you yeah. know with people who are hesitant to let their kids play or we're going to see a so-called quote-unquote arms race of equipment for, manufacturers for, for, doing mm-hmm. more research spending more money in the r&d and trying to make an unsafe game safer you were saying the arms race i think there's going to be an arm race for prospects too like i think i think I think other sports, if they're smart, I think they're kind of capitalized on this. Since, like, if I'm baseball, like, and I'm a baseball guy, obviously, so it's, it's I'm biased to this. But if I'm a baseball guy, I'm I'm telling these I'm telling these kids like, yo, why do you want to play football? Like, do you see what these guys? First of all, do you see the money that these guys these guys these baseball players are making? Number one, crazy money, and you don't have to worry it's about guaranteed. fucking and, and it's guaranteed, and you don't have to fucking worry about you know a fucking middle linebacker. Coming over the middle and fucking popping you over the fucking side of your head with a fucking, you know, a fucking hit. Like you don't have to worry yeah, about you don't this gotta shit. Worry about drooling when you're fucking fifty. Exactly. I mean, you read some of the fucking stories. I mean, Dave Dorson. I mean, it's just stuff that it's just, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And the family members, you know, they tell these stories, and it's just like, wow, it, it really is jarring. So I think CTE is is. It really is something that um, it's going to be to watch in, 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 in these next couple years. Like the effects that it has on the perception of football, the popularity of football, where football goes from here after that. Like I really think it's going to be one of those interesting stories of our time. Like where does this story 
lead us to? You know, does it make a big change in how we perceive football? Does it not? I think right now it hasn't, but I would say stay tuned. This is my biggest yeah. is my biggest thing because I you know, and if you talk to multiple most players like and that's the, and that and that's where I get the generational gap too because it's like if you talk to like young guys that are playing football now like are in the league now. I think a lot of them are saying like, wow, like you, you, you get a lot of comments from a lot of them like, damn, had I known this when I was growing up, like I probably wouldn't have played football or like, damn, that's making me reevaluate. Like, do I really want to continue to do this every fucking week? You know what I mean? Like you've had yeah. guys retire early. I mean, Patrick Willis retired, um, you know, Calvin Johnson. I mean, it wasn't specifically head injuries with, 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 with Calvin Johnson. I get it. But I mean, don't think that that, that didn't play a role. I mean, it, you know, guys are getting smarter about this. I think if you talk to guys that played in the 90s and 80s, and so, I mean, you hear them. And, you know, I, I listen to the interviews radio uh, on Radio Row for the Super Bowl. And you, and that, the CTE question is a, is a question that they get asked a lot. And a lot of them, a lot of them say, like, oh, I'd, I'd still play. A lot of them say I'd still play. A lot of yeah. them say, yeah. you know, your whatever. Boy, um, your I, boy Jamal Adams said, like, yeah, Jamal Adams said I, today, I mean, you know, what better place to die than on a football field? And I, I mean, I can't. I'm not gonna sit there and say he's stupid. I don't think he's stupid for making those comments. I just think it's a I think mindset. It's, I think it's a mindset thing. What is he like? Twenty-two. He's a, yeah, he's a twenty-two-year-old kid. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, I wouldn't have expected him to say anything differently. Um, yeah. You know, he's a rookie. Of course, he, on a rookie in, in the in the what the first days of his rookie deal. So you know, mm-hmm. he's he's not gonna sit there and say, well, you know, damn, I wish I would have fucking rethought that idea. I wish I would have fucking yeah, picked up that bat in fourth that, grade. You know what I mean? Baseball. Like, yeah, he's not gonna say that shit. So I mean, I, I I really think it's a generational thing. I really do think it's a generational thing, and it's more to come. It's more to come. I don't think I don't think we've seen the last of CTE. I think it's gonna keep happening. I think it's gonna keep being something that we we learn more and more about as the weeks, the months, uh-huh. the years progress. Like I, I really believe that. So. Um, I wish Luke would have been on the show this week because I wanted to talk about something that was near and dear to him. Kirk Cousins. I call it the curious case of Kirk Cousins. Obviously, we didn't get to talk about this last week because we did the show with Noah. Shout out to Noah Tour, by the way, um, for doing the show last week. Um, but it, it was something that I wanted to um, touch bases with him because obviously, um, you know, the, the Redskins and Kirk Cousins are locked in this kind of contract discussion or squabble you know Kirk Cousins obviously is being franchised for the second year second straight year and there's a lot of talk about should they pay him should they let him walk the teams that are potentially going to be suitors for him in the offseason and I want to get sure I have strong opinions about this I wish that Luke would have been available to do the show this week so I would have got his his take on this because he's a Redskins fan so who better to get a take on it than him but uh, and I know his answer already, so no bullshit. I know his answer, so I, I will ask you: What do you think in this situation? Are there and and I mean, and the lead up to the whole Kirk Cousins thing? Um, basically, management pulled their contract talks off the table. They basically—I mean, I've never seen a situation where a GM goes on 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 in public, basically saying this is the reason why we're not signing this guy because he's inconsistent. He hasn't shown that he's a big time. I mean, he didn't say that, but I mean. In, paraphrasing basically in layman's terms so i mean where do you stand in the whole kirk cousins thing well this is the thing man like kirk is let me preface this by saying the market for quarterbacks is so fucked up right now 
Yeah. Like your market value is not indicative of your value as a player. Because what, what what are these numbers that that are that are getting thrown out? Like crazy, 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 crazy numbers. Um, you know, for you know the franchise tag and and what is it? You have to make like you know the top like five ten percent of your position or something crazy like something that. Something like that. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know the exact. Yeah, but something like in, that. In a league, in a league with guys like Tom Brady. With guys like Drew Brees, with guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, the list goes on. How do you pay Kirk Cousins the amount of money that he's going to command simply because he's a warm body at quarterback? Like the des- you want to know how you want to you want to know why you want to know why. Because I mean, for for every white. for every Drew Brees, there's a Geno Smith. Yeah. There's more Geno yeah, Smiths but, than there are Drew Breeses. Like that's the. It, yeah. I, I didn't mean to kind of cut you off. I didn't. Seen, I didn't mean to cut we, you no, off. There, we've but. seen. We've seen in the NFL. If you are tall, white, and can throw the ball, and I'm sorry if it offends anybody, if you are tall, white, and can throw the ball, you're gonna make money. I don't even think it's a, a rate. I think I just we, think no, if you're a no, decent do, enough quarterback, long, you're gonna make money. We have a long list of mediocre quarterbacks that fit this bill that we don't see guys that get a full chance. But you have guys like Kirk Cousins, who I don't even think that he has a winning record against above 500 teams in his career. I was talking about some of my, a couple of my buddies are Redskins fan. And I think we're, we're tossing that around and I could really dig in the data and come back to it. But I'm pretty sure that's something that I saw. He puts up a lot of empty stats. Um, you know, yeah, he has, you know, deep ball accuracy or whatever. The, or he led the league in yardage or yards in the air or whatever the hell it is. But, like, it don't translate. Like, none of the things that he does on the field, that doesn't translate into wins. Now, you can say what you want about the Redskins franchise being in the state that they're in, you know, whatever. But this year is going to be the make or break year for Kirk Cousins because now you don't have the luxury of saying, well, he didn't. You know, he lost to Sean Jackson, so now, you know, it's okay for him to have a down year. They, they brought in uh, – um, they brought in Pryor, you know, to, to be the deep threat, to be the tall, you know, downfield action guy mm-hmm. um, that they need. I just the, – the, again, I just circle back to the market for being a quarterback is so – is very fucked up. Kirk Cousins is 28 years old, and I didn't know that until I just looked it up to see because I was like, yo, how old is this guy? He's 28, and you're going to spend this kind of money now. Quarterbacks, I know you look at Brady and Breeze and these guys, they play a long time. Yeah. But, like, you're essentially sinking a huge portion of your franchise's money and future into a guy who has, what, how many career wins? You know, he, he puts up empty numbers, like I said. Like, you know, it just – but at the same time, the Redskins are fucked because you need a capable quarterback in this league to do anything. Gone are the days where Trent Dilfer goes out there and you can – Trent Dilfer, the Brad Johnsons of the world, even Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady's first couple seasons where they won rings, they were game managers. The game's not like that anymore. Russell Wilson, when he you know, uh, first got in the league, mm. the game's not tailored to that anymore. So what do you do when you're the Redskins? You, you're handcuffed. Um, well, you asked the question, and it was rhetorical, but I, you asked the question of how do you pay a guy $25 million who 
his stats while he's put up impressive stats. I'll tell you why. And I and the answer was very simple. For for a Drew Brees, you have a Geno Smith, and you, and unfortunately, we're in a quarterback league where a it's a quarterback league, like 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 I said, but it's a league with so many few great quarterbacks. Like for, you for, need it. It's for a, a Drew position. For, for every Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger, there's a Geno Smith. There's a there's a there's a Ryan Mallet. There just aren't there's great. There's a Jake Locker. There's a Jake Locker. There aren't great quarterbacks. And I think the Reds. I think the Redskins are cut are caught in a very very tough place because it's a double edged sword. If they don't yep. sign him, people are gonna say, "Well, they made a smart move not paying him all that money." And then there's other people who are going to say, what the fuck are you doing? You have a semi-competent quarterback. Why are you letting him go? Especially in a league where it's yeah. hard. A, it's hard to find. And I'm in, and I'm and I and I'll be honest with you. I'm in the corner of I'm in the I'm in the ladder. I'm in a I'm in a I'm in I'm in a I'm in a situation where I'm like, yo. Say what you want to say. I don't hate Kirk Cousins as much as other people do. I think I I, I recognize his flaws. I recognize his weaknesses. I I get all that. I'm the same. I I know that he choked the way he choked the playoff spot away against the Giants this year. I know that he didn't exactly light up the world against the Packers in 2016 in the playoffs or in 2017 in the play, in 2015 in the playoffs against the Packers. I, I get all that. That being said, Kirk Cousins is a guy that just came off throwing back to back 4,000 yards. See. 4,000-yard seasons. Like, say what you want to say about that. The guy is a pretty decent quarterback. And in a league and in a sport where there's so few, forget great, forget transcendent, forget elite, franchise, whatever you want to call them, good quarterbacks. There's so few good quarterbacks. Like, if you have a decent one, if you have a good one, and it's arguable whether you think Cousins is good, he's decent, whatever, where well, you have so many, so few of these guys, like I think you have to hang on to them. Like, tell me now, you you think the Browns wouldn't want to have Kirk Cousins? You think the, I'm a Jets fan? I'd take oh, Kirk yeah. Cousins tomorrow. I'd t- I'd literally pay for his ticket to come to New York. <laughs> so yeah. this idea that if you have Kirk Cousins and you're gonna say, well, I, you're gonna you're gonna be too good, you're gonna be too bougie and too good to say, oh, I would never sign him to 150 million. I mean, look, it's tough. It's tough. But it's the same argument with Garoppolo. You know, somehow people think that it's okay to sign Garoppolo to a, like a big money deal like he's going to get or presumably he's going to get next offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo's played, what, a game and a half in the NFL and he's been a backup his entire... Now, I get it. He's played behind Brady, so you haven't had a chance to really see what he can do. And in the one game he did play, he was pretty good in beating Arizona. I get that. But who the hell is Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be great. There's a small sample. There's a small sample size with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the Matt. It's the Matt Flynn syndrome. It's the Matt Flynn syndrome. At least with Kirk Cousins, like he's got a a, a pretty substantial sample size of work. Or I may not yeah. be too happy with everything he's done, but I know that my, this guy is a pretty decent quarterback. Is and not to cut you off, but my my concern was not so much. I kind of came off like kind of hard on Kirk, but. I think the reason that I am I went so hard is because of, I don't have a problem with Kurt himself. I just think the value of Kurt is massively overblown. But, but it's it's not even the value of Kirk Cousins though. It's the value of the quarterback as a whole though. I yeah, mean, Mike Mark, Glennon Mark just Mark got thirty himself. years. It's Mike inflation. Mike Glennon just got thirty million dollars. Mike Glennon. Mike Come Glennon. Someone who has watched Mike Glennon. Yeah. Mike Glennon. $30 million. Mike Glennon. Uh-huh. 
I mean, so I watched Mike Glenn and his Ryan Fitzpatrick. Buffalo career. gave Ryan Fitzpatrick a few years ago fifty six million or some shit like that. Like, I mean, it's it's not it's not Kirk Cousins. It's it's the position as a whole, the value in yeah. the market. There's just you're not. Right, it's right, hard. Right. And here's the thing: I tell Redskins fans, and I and I'll say this for Luke because I know Luke is gonna say, "Well, fuck that nigga. I don't want that nigga on my team. He, I, he can't stand you Kirk don't Cousins." Have a choice. You don't have a choice because if you lose Kirk Cousins, where are you? And you can have all yeah. the you can have all the great receivers you want. You can have uh, the tight end. You can have this and the other. If you don't got nobody to throw them the fucking ball, what the fuck are you? You're a five and eleven team. And I can make the case. It's especially hard to find a Tom Brady. It's even it's just as hard to find a Kirk Cousins. There just aren't that many good quarterbacks out there. And when you have I'd one, say they're out of the thirty-two teams that are in the league. I would say probably half have competent quarterbacks. You're being generous. If that, because I mean, let's run, it, let's run, it, let's run it down. Let's run it down. All right. All right. The top ten is pretty easy. You got Brady, and and this is no particular order. You got yeah. Brady, Rogers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, um, Luck, um, Wilson. How many is that? That's like six or seven, right? It's like seven. Yeah, Rivers. Rivers, obviously. Eli. Yep. Flacco. I'm I'm pretty sure that's ten. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, ten. Um. Then we can go down a tier. Well, if you want to do it by the tier, obviously we have the top tier. We have, and and right, this is the yeah. tier. This is well, the no, tier for me. You got Brady. You got Brady. Roethlisberger. Down the list. Yeah. But no, but it's, it's but it's but it's Matt more Ryan. but it's better to do it in the tiers. You have okay. the you have the top yeah, so edge you have the top, top echelon. You have the top echelon. The elite of the elites. The fucking the fucking goats. Not saying yeah. all of them are goats, but you know what I'm saying. You got Brady, you got Rodgers, you got Roethlisberger, you got Breeze. That that's the top tier for me. These those are the four best quarterbacks in football. Yeah. Then that next tier, which is they're not they're they're not immortals, but they're pretty good. And that's that's the Matt Ryan's. Those are the Russell Wilson's. Those are the Andrew Lux and the Philip Rivers and Eli Manning's. Like that's that uh-huh. tier. That's that's that tier. That's a what? That's a that's a that's like four or five, six guys, right? And then you've got the third tier. Oh, I forgot Cam Newton. Whatever tier you want to slot him in, I would slot him in in that second tier. Cam Newton. So that's what six guys right there. That I would say that second tier is Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, and uh, Cam Newton. Cam and Cam. That's yep. six guys. That's ten. That's already top ten right there. And then that third tier is your guys. Yeah. Or or you're kind of. Oh I, shit! I forgot Flacco. I would throw Flacco in that second tier. Then you have your young guys like your young. And then that third tier. Like then you, then you have that third your tier. Winston, your Mariotas. Winston, your Mariotas. You got um, Andy Dalton in that third tier. Yeah. Um, yep, that's fair. Matt you know, Stafford. Matt Stafford. Although some people would put him in that second tier. I'm. I've never been a huge Matt Stafford fan. I remember us arguing that shit years ago. I've never been a huge Matt Stafford fan. But nope. f- for argument purposes, I'll put him in the second. I'll put him in the second tier. 
you know, that third tier, I mean, you've got, you know, you got your, your Kirk Cousins, you've got your Carson Palmers, you've got your yeah. Alex Smiths, you've got your young guys in, in Mariota and in, 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 in Carson Wentz. Guys that could be good. They're pretty decent. They could be good. I would say, like, guys like Mariota, Winston, they're better than Wentz. But I get the, I get the, you know what I mean, the tier thing. Yeah, the tier, but, you, but think about that. And then after that, the drop-off is pretty significant. Like, the, the guy I most compare to Kirk Cousins is Andy Dalton. And it becomes a discussion of who do you think is better? Do you think Andy Dalton? I actually think both guys are, I think, here's, and, it's, and it's funny, like, I think these guys get so much abuse that you almost start to, like, root against them. Like, well, I don't think they're that bad, like. People make him out to be yeah. like I don't like I don't think that Andy Dalton is a terrible quarterback. Do I think Andy Dalton is a guy? Is he a franchise quarterback level player? No, I I don't think so. I think that if you have a good defense and a pretty good offense, do I think Andy Dalton can probably get you to a Super Bowl? Maybe, 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 maybe. I don't. I wouldn't say it's fuck no, but I wouldn't say uh. I, I, I'm in between on that. I think I think in a good situation, in a good system, with a good defense, I think I think the problem with Kirk Cousins is you need a lot of the support system around him to be great for him to be great too. Like I think like I think Russell Wilson is a little overrated. Like I like Russell Wilson, but do I think that Russell Wilson is a is an elite level like you like do you do I think that if you trade if here's the here's the better question if you trade Russell Wilson right now to the Redskins and Kirk Cousins goes to the Seahawks do you think that the Redskins are better or the Seahawks are better or about the same mm. because everybody I everybody don't, everybody don't think that I everybody think dick that. sucks Russell Wilson like he didn't have a fucking Hall of Fame running back and one of the great defenses of all time he yes, he does, and he did. However, when it's time to make plays, he makes plays. Only a handful. There's only a handful of quarterbacks in the league that I'm taking over Russell Wilson, and those are the ones at the top, the very top of that list. Like to make plays when you need to make a play. You know what I mean? And it's not to say that he does like the Robert Ory thing, mm-hmm. where he like disappears the whole game. Like he puts up very good numbers. He's a, hey, he's, I don't I don't want it to sound like I think because I know people are gonna sit there and say you fucking comparing Kirk Cousins to Russell. Wilson? I, I'm not saying that Russell Wilson is is trash. I think he. I, I mean, I hate to even say overrated. I would say overhyped. Like I, if you hear people talk about Russell Wilson, you would think they they're putting him in Tom Brady. Like I don't think he. Insta- yeah, that's yeah, that's not fair. I, I don't think he's that guy. I would take I'd take Russell Wilson over Andrew Luck. I disagree, but I I trust Russell Wilson's ability to stay healthier, to not throw as many. Well, the thing is, Andrew Luck has no Andrew offensive Luck's line. Take more chances. Down I mean, what did what did we see with Russell Wilson this year? He didn't have an offensive line, and look at look at how he played. He didn't have a great. Now I know he finished strong, but he didn't have a great regular. He didn't have great numbers by comparison to his other years. Russell is, Wilson though, didn't even, have a great. Even Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is too wasteful with the ball. And this is coming from like he's, yeah, he is. He, his decision. He is too. He is too. Thing that I say about Jameis Winston. He is too erratic with the football. I I I completely agree with you. But I think that people forget like what has Andrew outside of T. Y. Houghton and you know Fleener and a couple of guys like his offensive line is shit. 
Like literally, his offensive line is like I heard. I I, I think Andrew Luck is. I, I he's gotten. I think he's only second to. I think Andrew Luck only trails like David Carr as far as quarterbacks that's been hit in his first couple of years. Like that's insane. I mean, the fact that Andrew Luck is still walking is 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 a, is a miracle unto himself. And let's face it, the Colts have no fucking defense. The Colts can't stop me or you. Like he has nothing to work with. They haven't had a running game in God knows how long. Like, I, I just I just say be fair to all of the variables involved. Like, I think, like, if you put Russell Wilson on that Colts team, are they better? That's an honest question. Are they better? Probably not. Now, I can make the, I can make the argument that if I put Andrew Luck in the structure of the Seahawks. Now, I know the Seahawks don't, didn't have a great offensive line this year, and they haven't had one the last couple years. I get that, but it's still a better, Seah- a better offensive line than the fucking Colts. Uh, but I think that's also because the team is better. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you put Andrew it's, Luck on the Seahawks, do you, are you are you telling me that if are you telling me that if you put Andrew Luck on the Seahawks? Well, I get what you're saying. But answer the question though: If you put Andrew Luck on the Seahawks, are the Seahawks about the same or just as good? I mean, the thing the thing is, that I, I won't. It's hard for me to answer that question simply because. I don't know how Andrew Luck's gonna perform in those tight situations. Now he will benefit from the same, um, the same defense, the same great run game that he has. But his ball placement is not in the level of Russell Wilson's, and I don't think it's a stretch to say that. And who's to say that these types of throws that Russell Wilson will make these ballsy throws to the back of the end zone? And he gets he makes a lot of fucking lucky game. throws though too. That's another thing about Russell Wilson. He makes a lot of fucking. It sounded like I'm trashing Russell Wilson, and I like Russell Wilson. I like them in college. There's no such thing as a lucky throw though. I mean, he makes a lot of like out of your ass like throws. So Rodgers. Yeah, but Rodgers is more skill oh, God, involved no, in it than, no, than no, Russell no, Wilson. No, no, no. Russell because Wilson makes a lot of shit that I'm like, God damn, what the fuck? Come down. So you can't say that. It's the same thing, dog. It is the same. It is the same thing. You're right, but I'm I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I just think Russell Wilson gets. But I, I don't even know how we got into the whole Russell Wilson versus. Ever, I, but but that being said, you're arguing about quarterbacks. Yeah, but again, I just think that if you're a team like the Redskins and you have a, I call it the Kirk Cousins conundrum, the curious case of Kirk Cousins. Because you're in a tough situation. Because both Dan, sides you're make. Damned if you do, damned bo- damned. Yeah, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Because both sides make compelling arguments. Like if mm-hmm. like if you're on the side of Lucas, you're saying fuck her cousins. I'm not paying that motherfucker twenty five million dollars a year. He's a middling quarterback. But in you're on the but in you're on the side where I'm at. I'm like, well, hold on now. Beggars can't be choosers. What else you gonna do? Beggars cho- beggars can't be fucking choosers. I root for the Jets. We haven't had a quarterback since Namath. Mm-hmm. Besides a couple years, uh, besides Chad Pennington before he got hurt, like we haven't really had a a, a a really good. I mean, I know O'Brien was all right for a little bit, but but still, we haven't. And Boomer, we got him past his prime. We haven't had a quarterback basically since since Namath. And I'm saying, I mean, I mean look, at least you had a quarterback. We ain't never really had one. James is our first like real quarterback. But I mean, yeah, but that's the saying. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Though. Look at a team. Look at a team like the Browns. The Browns haven't had anybody since Kozar. Like, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm sitting there saying, you niggas don't want fucking uh, Kirk Cousins, nigga, I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. And, I don't think and that's the thing about the Redskins, though. If you let Kirk Cousins walk out that door and you think you're just going to easily find another quarterback, you're mistaken. 
I'm sorry. You're mistaken. You think that just, ah, uh, let him go. He's not worth $25 million. And I'm cool. I can ride with you on that one. But then don't come at me and say, oh, yeah, Ryan Mallett. Let's go, baby. No, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Unless you just unless you just completely tank and take a shot at one of these top prospects, you know. Even then, that's not a And even then, that's not a guarantee. So I think they're in a very curious situation. Like, I think they're in a very interesting situation. I don't think I've ever seen a situation like this where there's compelling reasons for both sides to really kind of make their points about keeping Kirk Cousins because he is a polarizing yeah. quarterback. But I will say the guy, I mean, people, act, but I, I I think it's a little extreme. On, I don't, I don't think he gets as much love. I do think he gets a lot of hate. Like I, if you, if you hear people talk about Kirk Cousins, you would think that Kirk Cousins is basically, um, you know, Johnny Manziel. Like, I mean, the guy did throw for 4,000 yards. Too. Now, I know stats are stats. I get it. And in, special, and in this current NFL, I mean, me and you can throw for 4,000 yards. I get it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. But the fact is the fact. The man did throw for 4,000 yards. You can't poo-poo yeah, on did, that and be like, oh, well. He, he did. You know? And, I, you know. I think it's hard to, you can't really, as a fan of football, and, and obviously if you're a fan of football, you do take the, um, you know, you take the salary thing into into effect, and you take the value aspect of it into effect. It's hard to really, if you're not a Redskins fan, it's hard for you to stand on one one side of the the line or the other. I think that's it's it's too much of a, a fucked up situation. Um, and 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 I'm glad you and I'm glad you brought that up because the Redskins are not exact. I don't think that you can say anybody is wrong. No, I don't think you can if say the Redskins any- say. Yeah, if the Redskins say fuck off, then you could be like, well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense why you'd say that. And if they paid, uh, and if they pay Kirk, then you're like, well, man, you kind of got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, I don't think you can really say one side is wrong, one side is right, one side is, is. I think it's a very interesting argument on both sides. What I will say, though, is I think the organization has a lot to do with this as well. The, the I mean, the Redskins are a fucking disaster. Dan Snyder is a disaster. Yep. That, that, uh-huh. that organization has had a 20-year run of being inept. So I think that plays a role in this, too. Like, it's hard to trust an organization like the Redskins that they're making somewhat of a, of a conscious decision here when the Redskins are known to fuck shit up. I mean, this is a team that gave Albert Hainsworth, you know, fucking millions and millions of dollars. So I, I don't defer to them when it comes to making great decisions. I mean, I'm sorry. So I, now, if this was the Packers and they're saying, fuck Kirk Cousins, we're letting that nigga go. Like, I can understand the Packers have a tradition of winning. They're a co- they're an organization that has a culture of winning. You know, the Redskins make this move. I mean, I'm 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 by nature going to I'm, I'm going to be a little skeptical. I'll be honest. I'll be real. I'll be real as shit. Like, I'll be skeptical of this shit. Now, that being said, it's going to be interesting and it's going to be really I think it's going to be one of the storylines of this year. What absolutely what happens with Kirk Cousins? Because I can see it now. And that's another thing. If y'all niggas don't pay him, somebody will. And there's a lot of talk oh, to 49ers. Sure. And there's a lot of talk the 49ers are going to throw a lot of money at him. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, I, I was just going to say. Somebody will pay. Somebody will pay Kirk Cousins. Begrudgingly, but somebody will pay him. So, and, and you could just see it now. This motherfucker goes out there this year, balls out, throws 34 touchdowns and, you know, 10 interceptions, throws for 4,500 yards, and... You know, are the Redskins really going to be able to tell their fan base, eh, he's not that good? 
Because they can talk all the shit they want now. They can sit there and say, ah, he's this, he's that, he voted for Trump, he's a Nazi, he's this, he's that, he sucks, he's blah, 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 blah. He, you know, he eats his own boogers, all this, all the shit that they want to say about him. But if this guy goes out there, throws 34 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and they somehow go 9-7, and 10-6, win that division, or make the playoffs, can you really justify letting him go? You can't. If the objective, if the objective is to win games, exactly to perform, exactly, then, and that's, um, you know what? I have to segue that because I just peeped our other agenda. If your objective is to win games, there's no reason Colin Kaepernick shouldn't have a job right now. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I mean, really, is is is. It was there. I had to. I, I had to. I had to strike. You know, it, it amazes me that this isn't a bigger story. Like I know it's a story. I know it's a story, and I know it's a pretty decent sized story. But this should be a bigger story. And it, and I'm and I'm about to go on a rant. Um, you do your thing. Um, the Ravens are talking about bringing in Colin Kaepernick. Because of all, of all teams, because Flacco's got a back injury, a creaky back, and like I said it before, I'll say it again. I have a back injury, so I'm I feel like I am competent enough to uh, don't fuck with backs. I never believe in an organization where it says ah, it's just a minor back. I, I don't believe anything is minor with backs. Um, so the Ravens are doing their due diligence and discussing the possibility of bringing Colin Kaepernick. And obviously they signed some arena football quarterback as well. I don't know how. Oh, I don't even think that nigga started a I, game in I, college. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. But so Steve Bashotti at a kind of a fan access, fan caravan, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, was asked basically, you know, basically in in layman's terms, like his thoughts on the whole. Is he struggling with the decision to sign Colin Kaepernick? And, you know, he basically gave the same generic answer that all these fucking owners have given. Like, yeah, but, you know, well, he's gone a little bit more in depth saying that, yeah, they've, they're have they talking to people. Ray, Ray Lewis is one of them, and I'll get to that shit. Um, you know, basically that they're, you know, pray for us because we're, we're debating it. We're debating the merits of it. You know, blah, 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 blah. Like, what is there to debate? What What is that? Like, okay. Let me get this out of the way. I personally don't disagree with what Colin Kaepernick did. I can see people disagreeing with Colin. People that don't understand or don't care to understand, I can see that you disagree with his stance. But even if you disagree with his stance, if you if you disagree with his political leanings, if you disagree with his protest, with his stand, he had a right to protest. He did it peacefully. You may not agree with how he did it, why he did it, in what forms he did it. But the fact is, he had all right to protest. He did it peacefully. He did it quietly. He committed no crime. He hasn't killed anybody. He hasn't assaulted anybody. Why does it this? Why is there like, why do we have to give justification for this man to have a job like this? This notion that I've got to ask Ray Lewis. Now I get it. Ray Lewis is a Hall of Fame linebacker, but this is a, this is a guy who got away from got away with murder, allegedly. Mm-hmm. 
Ray Lewis now. Oh, he literally got away with it. Yeah, they didn't find the he white suit there, Ray. They didn't find the white suit. They didn't find the white suit, Ray. I got to ask Ray Lewis now? Ray Lewis now is going to give me input on whether Colin Kaepernick is a, is a, is a smart investment. Ray Lewis now. Ray Lewis. Uh-huh. A couple months ago, the Giants, the 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 the, the, the patron saint of the NFL, the you know the Mara family, John Mara comes out and says, "Well, we have to really think long and hard about uh, signing Colin Kaepernick." John Mara, the Giants, who let forget forget Josh Brown, the Giants let LT run amok for years, for years. Mm-hmm. For years, and the Giants now are gonna tell me that oh, well, we, we got to think about Colin Kaepernick. This Colin Kaepernick guy, I don't know if we can do that. Hey, you can go out there and smoke crack, but you know, hey, you kneel for that flag. I don't know, bro. Like, really, really now, really now, really now. The fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, has a job. And Colin Kaepernick doesn't. That doesn't bother anybody? Josh McCown, who's 13 and 26 for his career. And Colin Kaepernick can't get a job? It, 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 the Cowboys let Josh Brent on, a, on the sideline. What, basically a few hours, what, 24 hours, I think, after he killed his teammate? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He killed his teammate. He drove a car where he killed it, got an accident, and one of his teammates died. And Josh Brent is on the sidelines at a Cowboys game. Mike Glennon just got starting quarterback money. To go play in Chicago, exactly. Only to have them draft. Not only let me let me back up a few steps. Only for them to get fleeced by the 49ers for Mitchell Trubisky. For Mitchell Trubisky, a bunch of draft picks for a guy in Mitchell fucking Trubisky who doesn't who hasn't done dick playing for mighty football powerhouse University of North Carolina. Exactly. Austin, what's his name? Austin Davis? Austin Davis. <laughs> the, Austin immor- Davis. the immortal Austin Davis. Char- Charlie Charlie Whitehurst has been a backup in the league since you and I were at Fort Worth. Geno Smith got a two-year deal. Geno Smith! Geno Smith! I'm a Jets fan. You mean, you know how many games I've watched Chase, Geno Smith play? Chase, Chase Daniels got money. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Fucking... Uh, who was I just getting ready for? Landry Jones. Man, Landry Jones. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Carson Palmer was a starter. Now, don't we wrong. Carson Palmer had a good year two years ago. He, he had, uh, had him on my fantasy team. He, Sam uh, Bradford is a walking MRI. Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford is a walking fucking MRI. And he still has a spot in this league. Fucking, um, what's his name? Casey Keenum? Case, yeah, Case Keenum. Um, 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 what's the dude from, from fucking FSU that got drafted? EJ Manuel? EJ Manuel! Don't Cardell Jones! Cardell Jones just got traded to be the backup to Phillip Rivers. 
You mean to tell me Colin Kaepernick is not better than Cardell Jones? It's so that was an integral part of that Super Bowl team. Now, yes, they did have a very good defense. A good defense, defense, a good offensive line, and a great offensive line. I get that. Yes. Colin Kaepernick was making plays. He was making plays in the Super Bowl. And if I remember correctly, he was on fire until the lights went out. Yeah, he was. If if I remember correctly, because I had a lot. If if you're a conspiracy theorist, he was drubbing them until the fucking lights went out. He was doing work. Dog, he was a fourth and goal. Shoddy play calling, by the way, of winning a fucking Super Bowl. Like, I don't understand why this this isn't a bigger story. This is is my thing. Hold, Hold on real quick. This is my thing. If you want to say whether, you know, and I'm in the a thousand percent same boat as you are in I side with Kaepernick um, and exercising his right to do that. Um, I'm glad that he did that. This is my problem. You have people that say here's here's the um, borderline racist dog whistle bingo for uh cap detractors, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. go over a couple scenarios for you and they pick and choose which one they want to ping out on the bingo board, right? Yeah. So you say, oh, well, um, EJ Manuel has a job. Mike Glennon has a job. as He's penciled in as a starter, right? Yeah. So then people say that have their dogs as an American flags as their avatars on Twitter, dog Abby Twitter as I like to call them, they will say, what are the following? Cap's not a good quarterback, so it doesn't matter. And then you say, "Well, Cap's," which is which is a fucking excuse that falls completely apart when guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Geno Smith still have jobs. Yep, yep. Hold on, I'm getting there. Then you say, "Well, here's the numbers. Cap did this. He had a very good uh, QBR rating that was, you know, very very good for not having a number one wide receiver for the team game being a complete fucking dumpster fire." So then they say, okay, well, Kaepernick wants starter money. How do you know how much money that he's asked for? He said that he's gone on record that says, I'm okay with being a backup. I want to play football. Then it's the same, oh, well, he did this. Dog, they're running out of excuses. He's, so, he's a they're running. They're running out of it. They, you know what? You know what these fucking owners and these GMs sound like? They sound like teenagers who fucking making excuses why why they fucking can't make a, a, a C in 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 science. Well, the teacher doesn't like me. Oh, well, she gives too many assignments. Or or um 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 like they they're making fucking high school teenager excuses why they can't do their fucking homework. Like and enough. Is, and all of these thing. fucking excuses are basura, man. It's bullshit. This is my thing. If you want to say that you... This is the thing. I do... I agree with Cap a thousand percent. It's his right to do that. It's his right to do this. Blah, 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 blah. However, on the same token of that, it is the NFL owner's right to not want to sign him if they think it may be a distraction, which I don't think that that's true at all. I think it's complete and utter bullshit. However, like I said when we segued into this... If them, if winning football games and putting asses in seats, if winning football games is the objective in the NFL, there's no reason that he should have should not have a job. 
I don't want to hear none of the bullshit-ass excuses because it's just that. It's excuses. So if winning is the priority, there's no reason that they shouldn't have because Colin Kaepernick gives these teams a better chance to win than any other of these shitty quarterbacks that you and I just went back and forth. Exactly. Name it. Exactly. Now, while it is the team's right to do so, it's also their right to put a team out on the field that means shit, that means anything worth a damn. This is the big hypocrisy when it comes to minority athletes speaking their mind. And you have people say, oh, well, it's our national anthem. It's disrespectful to this and it's disrespectful to that. And Colin Kaepernick came on the record saying, I have family members that are police officers. I have family members that are members of the military. Shit, you and I are members of, we're members of the military. And, and I think there's a way to disin. People don't know and don't care to see what he's saying. They're so fired up by this cult-like patriotism thing that we have now in America. It's phony Damn. patriotism. It's phony fucking it's phony patriotism. Patri- it's phony That's what it is. And it's nothing it's, worse it's than phony-ass patriotism. patriotism. It is. It's, it's, it's pseudo-patriotism. It's the worship. It's the worship of state. Absolutely. And it's bullshit. Ab- absolutely. It's, it's fucking complete literally. bullshit. And you know what I mean? I will sit there and like I said, it's, it's a thousand percent you know, Robert Kraft's right to not want to sign a player. He has the final call. He's the one that's signing the checks. I get it. I get it. But oh, Robert Oh, Robert Kraft. Narrative. You mean the same Robert Kraft that gave Aaron Hernandez $40 million? Hey, I'm using him as an example. Oh, that guy? That guy? guy? That guy. That okay. Robert Kraft. Yeah, that Robert yeah. Kraft. I'm saying, though, these same owners, they sign the checks. If they want to make a discretionary call, all right, I may not have to like it. I may disagree. But that's their right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Off. But I get it. But for them to turn around and say a myriad of excuses and to say, oh, it's a judgment call. But you're letting guys fucking uh, Dante Stallworth ran over a dude. Dude, Greg Hardy threw his pregnant girlfriend on a bed of fucking guns and didn't even bother to show up to the fucking court, Aaron. Didn't Tyreek Hill throw his pregnant girlfriend downstairs or choke her out? Probably. I know he choked her. I don't know if he threw her downstairs. I might have made that up, but it was something. It's bad. It's bad enough as it is. Like, like I, that's, I can't, that's okay. I can't that's even okay. fucking. But these, these, these owners will turn an eye to that. But the same minute that fucking uh, Joe from fucking Frederick County calls in to the Baltimore Ravens, or or fucking uh, uh, Ted from Anne Arundel calls in. Bullshit rhetoric, right? The owners can't sit there and say, well, it's our decision to do that, to not sign this guy, and then turn around and say, yeah, well, you know, we want to win as many games as possible and put all the word soup shit out. Yeah. It, it's complete fucking hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. It's bullshit. Things that are this in turn with the way that the NFL is handling these players getting DUIs every year. Fucking these guys that you know. Uh, what's what's my man's name? Uh, Michael Floyd could have killed someone. He was exactly. that fucking hammered. Yep. That's yep. cool. He can go That's get cool. signed from the Patriots. Dog. Pac-Man, and who hasn't gotten any more trouble than fucking Pac-Man Jones? And this motherfucker still has a job. Like I don't. Like, and this, and you, and you brought, and everything that you said was fucking perfect. It's a, it's, it's hypocrisy. It's just, it, 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 it goes a level beyond anything imaginable. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is where I call these fucking fans phonies too, because they can sit here and they can bash fucking Kaepernick all they want. 
And let's just say the Browns, for whatever team, signs the fucking... That's another... The Browns can't use Colin Kaepernick? The Browns have no quarterback. But anyway, let's say the Browns sign Colin Kaepernick, right? And oh, every fan in fucking Cleveland has their panties in a fucking bunch because Colin Kaepernick... How dare the Browns sign Colin Kaepernick? I guarantee you, game one, week one of the NFL season, and Colin Kaepernick goes out there, throws for 250 yards, runs for 100 yards, and the Browns win a game, or or even better yet, the Browns get off to a 5-1 start, and Kaepernick is balling, I fucking guarantee you, you will see more fucking Kaepernick jerseys in that stadium than you can fucking shake a stick at. It's so bullshit, and it's so fucking contrived anger that it's, it, it doesn't even make sense to me. These fans don't fucking care. These fans care about guys helping their team win. I've seen it in every fucking organization. And and I'm and, and me and you are, are just as much to blame. We could sit here and get on our high horses about we don't like, but if Greg Hardy got, got 16 sacks instead of six, we would have been wearing Greg Hardy jerseys. Bottom line. I'd probably be like, fuck that nigga. I mean, I, probably, I, I would hate him. But be fair. I do, I do tend to separate the football. I separate the player from the from the person, and, exactly. and that's the thing. I I like, for instance, I'm trying to fucking find an example that works, right? Curtis Martin, my favorite, one of my favorite fucking football players of all time, played for my team, Hall of Famer, whatever. I love Curtis Martin, the football player. I don't, and everything I hear from the person, Curtis Martin is a stand-up guy, is a classy person. Maybe he's not a great example, but whatever. But I don't fucking know Curtis Martin in behind closed doors. For all I know, Curtis Martin's got a fucking a a a a a, a, a chain of fucking Russian prostitutes that are underage. He runs that R. fucking organization. R. Kelly is perfect example. Exactly. I don't know who. I don't know. I mean, Curtis Martin can beat his fucking mama for all I know. I don't know that. You, I, none of us know this shit. So to judge Curtis Martin, when we don't even know this man, all we can do is judge the player. Yes, we have ideas. We have perceptions of who they are from what they show us, from what we see, from what we hear. But at the end of the day, we don't know these fucking people. Like, again, you don't have to agree with Colin Kaepernick. I'm sure there's players on my team that voted for Trump. Hell, my owner is an ambassador to the UK. Yeah. You don't think that there's players on the Jets that I may like that fucking voted for... I, matter of fact, one of my favorite Jets who was recently released, Nick Mangold, one of the greatest Jets ever, he was a Trump supporter. Do I like that? Yeah. No. Do, am I going to sit there and say the Jets should cut Nick Mangold tomorrow? He's a fucking asshole. No, I'm not going to sit there and say that. I, I don't fucking care what his political affiliations are. Like... At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter what they do on the football field. But for but for Ravens fans to get up on this high horse, like you said, like Ray Lewis wasn't on that team. Exactly. And I believe Ray Lewis only got suspended for one game. Tagley will only suspended him for one game the following season. Ray Lewis now. Ray Lewis is going to be the moral conscience of the Baltimore Ravens. Ray Lewis, who I believe has six kids with four different women, but he's this big Christian. Ray Lewis now. Again, John Mara, who gave Josh Brown an extension when there were 
reports that Josh Brown was basically being Christian Bale, an American psycho, to his wife. Uh-huh. But but John Mara now is going to get on his high horse and his sanctimonious throne, his bully pulpit, and tell me that, oh, we can't sign this man. He's being signed because he's he committed an act that is unforgivable. Really? Really? You know, I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, beating the shit out of your wife is a little bit, a little bit more serious than fucking kneeling to a flag. That's just me. That's just me. Yeah, it's 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 a big case of American hypocrisy, especially if you dive into the second verse of the national anthem, and it just makes all these stupid ass people look makes them look stupid. Because they're like, oh, how can you disrespect America? And it's like, well, if you listen to the second verse of that, you read the writings and you know what it's about, then why would anyone of color want to stand for that and be proud of that? Like, it's just people in the classic case of ignorance who are triggered by something and they don't want to put themselves in anybody else's shoes and they don't care because... I guess when you beat the shit out of your wife, I guess when you beat the shit out of your wife or you kill your teammate or... Yeah, um, none of that. You kill dogs or you kill dogs. You're not disrespecting America. America. You're not disrespecting America when you commit crimes. I'm sorry, I guess. I guess, go figure. I didn't know that. I learned something new, guys. I guess you don't disrespect... You're not grateful of your situation. Yeah. I guess you don't disrespect your country if, if, if... You shouldn't be happy that yeah. someone gave you a job to do that. Yeah. I guess you don't disrespect your country if you don't rape women. But, you know, man, yeah. What, hey, what do yeah, I know? Exactly. What do I know? You got you to cut, cut your hair, you know, to clean up your image. Yeah, you got to cut your fucking hair. Michael Vick now. Michael Vick. How, hey, hey, Mike, how about you go kill another dog? How about that? How about that? How about you go kill Lassie? Cut your fucking hair. This motherfucker here. Michael Vick. And I love Mike, but come on, Mike. I mean, if that wasn't some fucking Uncle Tom coonery ass shit to say, like, really? Really, nigga? Really, nigga? You of all people, you of all people should just shut the fuck up. You shouldn't say shit. The best part of that, the best part of that was Colin Kaepernick tweeting out the screenshot of uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome. That was, that was like, that was like the fiery response. That was almost as petty, that was almost as petty as Steph Curry uh, mocking LeBron this weekend at at Harrison Barnes' wedding. Oh, that was so funny. Shout out to Steph, man. Steph just out here living his best life. He's living his best life. Like, yo, this nigga got so, that nigga got butt fucked all last summer. About the Warriors losing 3-1, about oh he being God. soft, and this, that, and the other. So it's good to see Steph. These- and you know what made it worse? You know what made it worse? Is that this nigga Kyrie was in the video egging him on. <laughs> like, that was even that much better. Like, ah. Oh. Man, like, if this was hip-hop, that would be, like, the fucking worst diss track ever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the, the, the crazy thing is, is, like, all last summer, all the Cleveland fans were partying. LeBron was being wild petty on Snapchat, making three, you know, three one cookies and stuff. Three like one that. cookies at Halloween now parties and here, shit. Yeah. He steps out here, you know, having fun at a wedding and all this stuff. And y'all niggas is butt oh, hurt. Now it's a problem. Now it's a problem. Now it's a problem. Oh, it's not. Y'all ain't have no. Pro- y'all didn't have no problems when this nigga LeBron got off the plane wearing an Ultimate Warrior shirt. Yeah, no yep. problems with that shit, huh? 
Nope. And now y'all and now y'all want to burn Kyrie jerseys too. Shut the the Kermit sipping tea hat. Nobody had a problem with that either. Yeah, but but all of a sudden now y'all want to burn Kyrie jerseys. Now stop with that. Cleveland fans need to stop with that burning jersey shits. Like don't burn this nigga Kyrie. Them shits ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. Number one and number two, like say burning. Like I'm all for burning a jersey when a motherfucker does some dastardly shit. Like he leaves you in a fucking like Kyrie hasn't left you. He's he wants to leave you. But he at least gave you a championship. Like the way, like if you want to burn LeBron's jersey from the first time when he left in the decision in 2010, like I understood that. I was in support of that. Burn that nigga's fucking jersey. I get all that. But don't be just now that burning jersey shit has gotten way out of hand now. Like if the backup offensive lineman on the Seahawks leave, bro, burn his fucking jersey. Yeah. Like no, no, no. Stop burning fucking people's jerseys. Stop it. Stop it. Stupid, stupid motherfucker. And and you're looking like a dumbass. You ever- like a straight dumbass. Like a straight dumbass. Hey, also, I think Kaepernick. I think I think it's not disrespecting your country if you're Ezekiel Elliott and you're just like kind of borderline assaulting women at a on camera at a parade in New Orleans. But hey, what, what do I know? Yeah, no, what do I know? No, what do I know? What do I know? What do I know? Hey, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. You know, Adam Jones. Adam 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 Jones shot a bitch in the face, but you know. There's a level of Teflon that you get yeah. along with wearing the star. Adam, um, shit don't stick. Again, Josh Brent. We'll wrap it up. With uh-huh. Josh Brent, twenty. I, I, I believe it was like twenty four hours, or at least it may have been less than that. Was literally like he, lit, he literally he literally killed his teammate. Got into a car accident, a drunk driving car accident, by the way, on a Friday night uh-huh. and Sunday afternoon. He was on the sidelines of America's team, the most recognizable, the biggest football team in the country. He was on their sidelines, smiling, chit-chatting it up. The Cowboys Uh were in support of this. But Colin Kaepernick, for just merely expressing his opinion, whether you agree or disagree, and and I'm completely with people that say I don't agree with it. That's fine. Like, I've talked to people that say, I don't agree with it, but he should have a job. Like, but but Colin Kaepernick can't get a job? Colin Kaepernick can't get a fucking job. We have a president that, on record, for, for sexually harassing women. Uh-huh. But hey, hey, this is the same man that attacked Kaepernick, and this man on video, on tape... You could get away with it as long as you're famous. Uh-huh. I grab pussies, but you can get away with it as long as you're famous. But hey, that's that's America, man. That's America in a nutshell, man. Uh, yeah, gonna, if you're a certain demographic, ain't shit happening to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry, man. not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Foul of the week, man. You got a foul of the week from you, man? The whole NFL, really. Um... Mostly, I mean, this whole Ravens thing pisses me off. But just real quick, I know we kind of like went over the uh, Jamal Adams thing. I understand he's a kid, but dog, you can't be saying shit like that, man. I'll die out on this field. Like you are not helping the cause at all. Yeah. Like you are not helping your fellow players who want to bring more awareness to this, who want to save themselves, to want to save your young brain. You can't be saying shit like this, man. Like, this is like a foul, but this is like a professional foul, like playoff foul. Like, yo, you're not getting this open bucket, this open bucket on me. Like, just 
just smarten up, man. Like, you're fucking, you're gonna fuck up everything for everybody. Just shut up, because these owners are like, yes, we don't give a fuck about these kids, you know what I mean? They're making us money, and we're not paying them shit, and, you know, when they get all fucked up in the head, they can donate their brains to science and then let the next generation deal with it. I just don't think that that's a very good narrative to set when the players union are really starting to rally around this. And we know that the NFL players union is the weakest, weakest, super fucking weak. Any, any ground that they can get to stand on, they need every space and every centimeter of that, that they can. And when you have players that come out and say stupid shit like this, I think it degrades the movement that they're trying to make and any progress that they're trying to make. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, like I said, I I defended him and said that because he's young and what else he's supposed to say, but I I could see where somebody kind of gets offended by that. You know, there's people dying, there's people's fathers, grandfathers, you know, brothers, aunts, you know, uncles, you know, whatever, and you're you know you're saying some shit like that, like you know, I I I, I can see where it rubs people the wrong way. I, I definitely can see it. Yeah, I think absolutely. It, I think it's just more detrimental to the movement. More. Than yeah, that. I, I agree with you. I think it's. I think I think. But but that's he's not the only one. He's not the only one no, that said no, it. No, he's definitely not. I don't yeah. know if I've ever seen anybody say it that explicitly. Well, I thought Roddy White was pretty stupid with what he said a couple years ago. I forgot what he said, but I know he said something stupid. He got a lot of flack for it, too, about the CTE thing or whatever. He's not the smartest. He, he's he's, he's not, not smartest. Clearly, player. clearly he's not. But, yeah. I mean, I, I, just think, I just think it's – I think Jamal Adams speaks for a lot of guys. Yeah, I think you know? so, too. I think that's – that, and that's yeah. a big problem. It is a big problem. And like I said, you know, it's 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 going to be a generational thing. I think it's going to have to. Mm-hmm. I think something drastic is unfortunately going to have to happen for people to really kind of sit there and say, "Wow, that we, we something's got to change here." I, I really believe that. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. hopefully it never gets to that, but I, I believe that's that's going to be the case. Um, sadly, uh, my, fa- my my foul of the week. Um, I mean, besides. The NFL as a whole for just being <laughs> fucking hypocrites. Besides that whole tirade, you yeah. Besides, yeah. Besides that, um, wh- why did it take this long to fire Hugh Freeze? Like, can somebody, like, can somebody explain to me, like, why? Well, this is a two prong attack. Why did it take so long to fire Hugh Freeze? Like, twenty one. I repeat, twenty one counts of. Improper recruiting, academic violations, you know, paying. I mean, 21 counts of, of, of illegal stuff going on at, at fuck, charges of illegal conduct going on at fucking Ole Miss. And this man still had a job recently as a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago to be exact, mm-hmm. when he fucking mm-hmm. quote unquote resigned because he, you know, his he he like a dumbass. Call the fucking escort service, and I don't even. Why people, is he, you, oh, yeah, God, yeah, dumbass. Yeah, this and, should, you can tell he ain't ever watched The Wire. Yeah, idiot. But here's my thing that really rubbed me the wrong way. Here's the thing not that, that I re- condone those type of things. Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't condone that here. We we neither we neither con you know we neither confirm or deny. But whatever. Um, here's the thing that really fucking pissed me off. They interview this man, or he make he makes his first public comments after it. And he's like, well, you know, he basically goes the, you know, the the, the preachy route. Well, uh, I'm gonna go talk to my pastor today, and you know, I still have my God. Oh, really, nigga? Really? You know, you were just calling fucking hookers and and whores delight all over the the, the, the Mississippi region, all over the fucking Gulf of Mexico region. 
But uh, but uh, now you got to go talk to your pastor. I mean, I just hate this. Is, and this is a, a, more, a broader. I, I hate when people fuck up and then try to use religion to cover it up. I, oh I, God, I yes. fucking hate take, that. Take take shit. the L. Take the L. You fucked up. Take I'm the L. Like, hey, I'm I'm not sitting here saying that I'm I'm perfect. I, Lord knows, I ain't fucking yeah. perfect. I'm no fucking angel. I've done shit. Bruh, I think about shit that I did in my 20s. I'd be like, God damn, what the fuck was I thinking? So Lord knows I ain't no angel. But I'm honest. And I take responsibility for fucked up shit I've done in my life. I'm sure you do. Most real men do. Most real people do. I hate the motherfuckers that, oh yeah, I shot them, but I got my God and I'm going to talk to my pastor. I hate that shit. I really fucking hate that shit. Ray Lewis committed a murder, but you know he's all of a sudden he's he's a Christian. Ray Lewis committed murder, but you know he's already but he's you know no weapon formed against me. This is the same guy that has fucking again. I repeat, four kids with six different women. I guess he's I guess he read the New Testament, not the Old Testament. But uh, <laughs> but I, I just and, and, and that's my only thing with that. But I mean Hugh, I mean Ole Miss. I mean, did it take this long to get rid of fucking Hugh Freeze? Hugh Freeze has been paying niggas. I mean, I, I knew something was up with fucking Ole Miss when... I knew something was up when Ole Miss started churning out town. When they started getting the top recruiting classes in the fucking nation. Right. Like, nigga, Ole Miss ain't right. been that fucking... Ain't been that destination since Archie was there. Nobody's so how the fuck did this happen all of a sudden? Mississippi to go to school. Ain't no niggas trying to go to fucking Oxford. I know that much. Hell no. Not with, not with them playing fucking Dixie every weekend. Fuck no. Fuck no. Okay, no niggas I know, I'll say that. I ain't going, I'm not going to school somewhere where it looks like in the heat of the night every goddamn day. Fuck no, dog. If I was a college athlete, son, if my son ever came to me and said, dog, dad, we're going to go to Ole Miss. No, you not, nigga. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going you nowhere, ain't nigga. Going. You light skin with curly hair, nigga. They'll hang your ass too. Trust. <laughs> Listen, the minute they think you're talking to a white woman, it's a wrap. Nigga. I'm like, hey, like, look, it's either Ole Miss or I'm going to this Division two school. I'm like, hey. Have fun at George Mason University. Yeah, <laughs> dog. Virgin- <laughs> I, I, I'll go to I'll go to Florida because it's Florida and I got family. But outside of maybe have fun at James James Madison. They have a good football program. Yeah. Division two. Uh, Western Virginia is beautiful. Nigga, have fun at Gonzaga. Because I don't even know Gonzaga has a football program. They don't. But nigga, have fun at Gonzaga. But dad, I play. But dad, I play football. I don't play basketball. Okay, nigga. Well, you better go there and get your education. At the end of the day, this is a Scholarship, uh, an education, an uh, 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 institution of higher learning. Go get your education. Fuck that, nigga. But I'll, I'll take, I'll take my happy ass right but, down the road. But I, I to, just uh, Milton. And I go just, play for the school that I just applied to, Curry College. Exactly. Like Division two program, and yeah, play it out down there. Play it out down Done. there. May your odds be in your favor. May the odds be in your favor. But but this, but but just to wrap up the the the, the Hugh Freeze thing. This just shows. That college football, college sports in general is a fucking cesspool. It's a farce. It's a cesspool. They they took so they didn't want to fire that man. They had I mean he basically made the decision easy for them when he's fucking over here uh, texting uh, pretty women. Um, <laughs> um, you know they didn't want to get rid of him. Why? Because he wins. He gets recruits. He's beaten Alabama twice. They didn't want to fire him. All these teams care about is putting asses in those fucking overpriced. Overly expensive fucking college football stadiums and uh-huh. winning games. That's all they care about. 
That's all they care about. It's a fucking cesspool. I mean, Hugh Freeze now. Hugh Freeze. It's a few, Hugh Freeze should have been fired last year. When all these all these fucking allegations came out. When Laramie Tunsil basically ratted these motherfuckers out. <laughs> yeah, that he was like, "Yo, I'm not I'm not going down by myself." Yeah. Having to answer fucking uh, answer videos while he was cheating and chonging back in high school, and this nigga was like, "I don't know," but these niggas was paying me. Like, damn, t- Laramie, we like, didn't hey. even we didn't even ask you that question. Yeah, but but Ole Miss paid me. He's, he's, <laughs> that nigga divulged information like a motherfucker. I'm letting the, chop, I'm letting the chopper sing and let the rounds hit who they hit. But yeah, that's my foul of the week, man. Hugh Freeze and his God. I can't believe he said that. Like, really? Like, really? I'm gonna go talk to my pastor. Really? Yeah, yeah. You go talk to your pastor, nigga. Go talk to him. Tell him why you was trying to get your dick wet by uh by uh passions passion sensation. <laughs> Fucking fake ass Christians. I can't oh, I can't stand these motherfuckers, man. But yeah, man, that's it for us today. Uh we're gonna get up out of here, man. But as that's always spicy, spicy show today. Spicy. Spicy. Full of fucking the Monday, the Monday evening fury. Nigga, it's Monday. I'm on low counts of sleep, nigga. Fuck it. I got a newborn just, in the house, so... I just had a... I don't, I don't have that cool of an excuse. I just had a shitty day at the office. Hey, man. It happens. Nigga. It's Monday. It's, when, is a, when, is there, when is a Monday not a shitty day? So, yeah. When I'm on, when I'm on vacation? <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, that too. Yeah. And I was on... I was on I was on paternity leave and it was still a shitty Monday, but, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, man. But as always, man, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. All of that, man. It, it's truly humbling. I, I say this every week. I'm not going to bore y'all again with this soliloquy. But, um, yeah, man, just thank you for the support. I mean, every week I say this, and I hope it doesn't fall on deaf ears, but, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. It's truly humbling. The amount of people that listen to the show, uh, the people that uh, subscribe to the show, that, that, you know, give me feedback on the show. You know, tell me things that they love, things that they wish we could do, things that we need to get better on. I mean, everything, man, everything. It's it's so the vibe is fucking amazing, man. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing vibe, and I can only just say thank you, thank you, and and keep listening, man. We're trying to put on put up, put a great show out every week. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. Hopefully, you guys appreciate it. Um, and continue to listen, continue to subscribe, continue to download, and. You know, if you like the show, if you like what you're listening to, man, give us a review on iTunes. Like, we need those reviews. Please, so, we need those. So if you if you like the show, if you like listening to the show, you, you know, let us know. Let your voice be heard. And yes, your voice matters because, you know, those reviews are very important in iTunes. So, um, this ain't the Electoral College. Yeah, this ain't, this ain't you know, yeah. This ain't, <laughs> <laughs> this ain't the Electoral College, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, your voice really does matter, man. You know, it really does matter. You know, so if you love the show, if you like the show... If you think the show is okay, let us know. Let us know. The more reviews, obviously we want to get great reviews, but just review. Give us, give us, a, give us a holler on 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 iTunes, man. If you if you like the show, let the world know you like the show. Pass it on. Man. And word of mouth is, I still believe word of mouth is the greatest form of 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 marketing. You know, pass it on. If you like the show, let your boys know. Let your, their boys know. Let their cousins cousins boys know. I mean, let it know. I mean, let it let it be known, man. You know, we're, we're putting out a quality show here, man, if, if you really like what you're listening to. So, with that said, I'm going to leave it up to my co-host if he has anything to add to that. Nah, just thanks, everybody. Um, everybody have a, a, a blessed week. Don't let the Monday blues ruin you. 
Um, go out there, do your thing. Everybody keep working like me and my man here are working. Um, just show things like that. But, um, yeah, we need those reviews, guys. But, you know, most importantly, like you said, thanks. And um, we'll holler at y'all next week. Yeah, shout out, to, shout out to Steph again, man. I mean, that level of pettiness is just... It's just, it's just, it's just, real quick before we go, before we go, speaking of pettiness, I don't know why I just remembered about this, but um, speaking of pettiness, troll god Conor McGregor rolled out wearing the CJ McCollum jersey. Oh, yes, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, that level, Ooh, that was so good. That level, that was so good. That level of pettiness is just, it's just. That, that was so good. We can, we can go all day discussing petty niggas, but we're gonna get up out of here, man. Another great show, another great week. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, for my co-host Jut, I am Manny Fresh. We out. Peace. Serious sound.
God, you love.